Hello and welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Brooke Robert. This is a podcast all about reality television. That it is. And we are back, folks. Thank you so much for being with us. Did you guys uh, watch our YouTube video? We already dropped the interview that you are about to hear today at the second half of this episode. Well, it's really not the second half. It's like the second three quarters of this interview, of this uh, podcast, is an interview with um, uh, uh, one of our favorite guests, Ash. Yeah, Russ Stevens. Russ Stevens is on the show. I do uh, comedy, or I used to do a monthly show with Russ in uh, Queens, in Long Island City, Queens. And uh, unfortunately, we don't do that anymore because of the state of the world and a whole bunch of other stuff. But fortunately for us and you, Russ is a diehard challenge fan. So since there was no challenge, which, by the way, was news to us. We were shocked. Shocked. Nick Nick and I, we sat down. We were going to watch it live. Usually we wait for it to play for like 30 minutes. We DVR it. So then, then we can just kind of fast forward through commercials. But I don't know. Something we were feeling kind of extra um, energized, feeling spicy about the challenge. And we were like, let's watch it live and then tweet during the commercials. And we got ready. We got our snacks. We sat down. 8 so many PM, snacks. So many snacks. 8 p.m. We turned it on, and it was not ridiculousness. It was Step Brothers. Yeah, it was a movie. <laughs> Whenever MTV is showing a movie, you know it's a holiday. Yeah, um, for real. So, yeah, but uh, luckily we had already uh, booked for the following day a wonderful guest, which is Russ. And Russ, uh, Ashley, and I have... A 90-minute conversation about the challenge that's pretty much just us going through the newer players on the show. And honestly, I could have talked for another hour. Absolutely. Russ has fantastic opinions on the the whole franchise, on this season, on the on the new players, on what he thinks uh, some of the old players are going to be getting into uh, down the line in this uh, fun double agent season. So... Yeah, uh, if you want to watch our interview, um, you can go pop over to our YouTube. Um, just search for Reality Blows on YouTube. I, I don't know if we have a dedicated uh, YouTube link anywhere, right, Ash? Like, we don't. We don't have enough subscribers yet. Right. But once we do, baby, once we do, it's going to be backslash Reality Blows. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so uh, go ahead and find that on there. Um, and uh, we don't record this part of the podcast, so, uh, you know. Don't don't go there yet, because Ashley and I have so much rousing entertainment for y'all. Yeah, um, you can hear all about our technical difficulties. Yeah, <laughs> the past few days have been pretty much dedicated to Ashley trying to troubleshoot a huge project that she has embarked on. Um, Ash, first, why don't we tell the fine blowhards out there? Your new project. What are you what are you up to these days, Ash? I started a YouTube channel called Welcome to My Desk and basically I'm there every day and I work for an hour and I want you to work with me. So something that I've had sort of trouble with in quarantine is I've been missing working with people in coffee shops. And the way that I used to do it, I have like a system. It's um, it is it, it's a learning system. It's a study work hack that I read about on a blog. I don't know ages ago, back in the day when there were such things as blogs. And it's uh, it's a system where you work in twenty five minute sections. And then you take breaks in between. So this is what I used to do, y'all. Back in the day, I'd go to a coffee shop. I'd set, put my little pop in my earpods, AirPods, and uh, set the timer for 25 minutes, blast the white noise, work, take a five-minute break, and then do another 25-minute chunk. And so 
I've been missing that and I've been missing having a friend there doing it with me. And so I thought, why don't I just do it online with my friend community, the internet. And so I launched this thing on January 1st. I launched this channel called Welcome to My Desk every morning at 9 a.m. There's a new video up. I premiere it. People come on there. We chat. We talk about what we're working on. And then we just do an hour of work together. And then we can go about our day going, oh, wow, look, we already did something. You know what I mean? I need I need that at the end of my day. I need to look back and go, hey, I didn't shower. I didn't work out. I forgot to return everyone's email. But I got that hour of work done. So that's what this is about. It's daily, um, 31 days, month of January. And when I decided to do it, I thought, this is going to be easy. I have a really nice camera. I'll just set it up. I'll pop it up on the tripod. I'll do my little intro. I'll work for 25 minutes with my white noise. I'll take my break. I'll chit-chat. I'll do another 25 minutes work. And then just export it. Pop it up on YouTube. Hey, shoot. I know this is a nice camera. I might even go live. Well, this is what happened. I decided to record a trailer for this. Just pop up a trailer three days before. Let everybody know what I'm up to so people can be there on day one. And um, when I'm recording the trailer, I realize my, my nice camera is like, it keeps counting down. And it's a uh, it's a Nikon D5200, 5200, I think is the specs on that camera. And Now, Ash, you bought this camera for another venture that was... Yeah, short-lived one, short-lived yeah. but i guess it's just in limbo right now it's it's not a canceled venture it's kind of like when a when like a band has like a, a side project that puts out a couple of albums and everybody gets into them and then for like five years you don't hear anything from this band um but if you go on their wikipedia it still says like it does it doesn't finish the dash it's like they've been active from 1997 dash because they're they haven't broken up yet that's kind of do you understand what I mean? About yeah, that? I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> you know, kind of like how the Strokes were for like five years. You're like, are the Strokes still a band? It's like on their wiki. It doesn't say that they disbanded or broke up. This is kind of like your venture of uh, Hello Handsome, right? Hello Handsome. It's a Etsy shop where I sell vintage goods, which had like a good, a good three to six months of action. Yes. Where I was selling stuff, putting stuff up, and then the. The idea of committing myself to it started pressing down on me. Like, should I tell my comedian friends I'm doing this? I don't know what happened, but something... It's hard. It's hard. It's really hard. Everything takes work. Because when you uh, first said that you were going to start like a little uh, Instagram vintage store, in my mind, you just go buy stuff and then you put it on your Instagram, you follow a whole bunch of people, you put it on your Instagram, and then you say, hey, this is $20, DM me if you're interested in this. But in order to like be, I guess, taken seriously in the Instagram vintage clothing uh, world, you have to have high quality photos of the stuff. You have to have high quality photos, and you also have to like look up the specs on the the fabric. So uh, most clothes, yeah, you can't just be like, "Hey, here's a shoe," and people are like, "What <laughs> kind of shoe is that?" And you're like, "I haven't figured it out yet, but it's four hundred dollars." You can't do that. You can't do that. And most clothes have um, at least clothes made before like nineteen ninety five. They have these serial numbers. Is it type a left thing? shoe or a right shoe? Let me check. It's a left shoe. No way to write. I'm not too sure. And so, then you sell it to them. It's a fucking flip flop. 
Guys, you have to make sure the specs are right on your Instagram vintage clothing stores. Yeah, you got to look it up. You got to pinpoint the right decade. Yeah. Because you'll have something and you'll be like, I don't know, this could be the 80s. It also could be the early 90s. Right. So you have to like research the item. Anyway, I fell off the horse on that. And Nick, I, I do appreciate you bringing the LOLs to the podcast, by the way. I tried. I think you <laughs> My did a good flip-flop rant. Yeah, I thought it was good. I just felt, it started very serious. I felt like we were like doing an elevator pitch to the people to do something. But really, we're just trying not to blow out the speakers on our new I know. I feel like I'm on an NPR podcast now tough. that I'm like talking. Because I gave Ashley, like, not a speech, but we went over on how we want our podcast to he sound. He set the rules. We want them our, our sound to be, you know, I have this little dinky mixer here that is on a wonderful piece of machinery called a Zoom H6. And I've had this thing for years. Um, and I started having this thing at the tail end of my previous podcast with the wonderful Sachi Ezra um, called Junk Food. It's I'm still paying for it, $15 a month to keep it hosted, so go listen to all 300 episodes of Junk Food. They're out there. The audio ain't that great. But uh, anyway, I, I have this mixer. I'm trying to – there's a mixer on this thing that I'm record, uh, recording, and that's what's wonderful about it. It's like a one-stop shop if you want a podcast. But – the dials and the levels are very hard to manipulate. Like right now, we're on a we're on a seven between a seven and an eight as far as sound level. Now, if I were to put it up to eight, it would be the loudest thing you've ever heard. But if I were to go down to below seven to like six, you couldn't hear it, and that's the problem with the tools, the instruments. No nuance. So in order to get some nuance, we bought we upgraded our mics a little bit, and so I was at I was like, hey Ashley, you know, if you get really close to this microphone, right, yeah, and you make sure that you have the levels at a certain way, uh-huh. it can sound really warm and and uh, professional, like a nice deep Ooh. vocals. It picks up on the nuance of the phonics, and uh, I didn't really say it like that, but sort of. Because normally what we're doing is we're yelling and we're it sounds ranting, shitty and we're screaming. Hands and, and, are flying. And, Lily's and flying. Even though this has a limiter that will allow it to uh, record the listenable uh, sound that's coming out of our mouths, it's just not getting the full thickness that something like this is. Oh, mm. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um... That's why at the beginning of this podcast, I feel like it did, did sound super low key. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm taking the energy out of what I'm saying so that I don't yell it. That's why I'm talking so Monica. Ashley started talking about uh, her projects and, and the technical difficulties that she was having and things and then explaining what Hello Handsome was. And I kind of t- zoned out and started thinking I was listening to some sort of YouTube manual on what something. What the fuck? Uh, I'm just saying, like, uh, that's why I had to pop in with that flip flop. That flip flop line <laughs> and save the day. Okay, I'm gonna back up from a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring myself no, back. No, come into back this. here. Come oh, back. No, no it's, it's not. I'm telling you, the levels aren't the levels aren't correct for okay, that. Okay, so okay, okay. Go back to doing what you're doing. I'm, I'm I, I'm not saying I don't think people were disappointed in the way we sounded, but I noticed. You think it. they went to sleep? I noticed it. Basically, well, listen, Nick. Shush. What I'm trying to say, y'all. <laughs> the point of all of this. I started this YouTube channel. Welcome to my desk. I thought it was gonna be easy peasy. I'm using my Nikon 5200. I'm shooting the trailer and I look at it and I realize it's counting down from 20 minutes and I go 20 minutes what's that about my thing's gonna be an hour so I I gotta fix this in the settings 
three hours later after Googling and reading. Wait, hold on. Do you guys understand where we are in the story? Yeah, they get Ashley's it. Ashley's camera, she thought it was so fucking cool because she spent a lot of money on it. Now, remember, she spent money on this to take photos of her vintage clothing hauls. So but it's that a she DSLR camera. Yeah, it's a nice camera, but it's for it's really meant for photos. It could also be meant for vids. So uh, because of to protect the camera... What we found out here, and I'm, I'm jumping, I'm jumping up to the story. Clearly, what we what we found out is, and I remember this from from when I tried to film some stuff with this camera. You only have 20 minutes, and then you have to like press record again. So isn't that a- fucked up? Ashley, <laughs> Ashley has her project, and you can see it right now. Go check out to her "Welcome to My Desk." You can find probably links to "Welcome it. to My Desk." <laughs> uh, you can find a links to her on personal Instagram and Twitter if you're if you're really looking for that. She shared some videos. But these are hour-long, uninterrupted videos, and that is the point. You're, Ashley is with you for one hour while you're working hard on whatever you should be working on in the morning. Um, and so she can't get up and you know press record, and, and these things don't want to be choppy and edited in, in an odd way. And eventually you want to live stream. Yeah. So it, it ended up being the night before we figured out that Ashley really cannot film her project on her nice, expensive DSLR camera. Yeah. So then it was like the 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 race to figure out what piece of technology could fill the position that you needed. Exactly. And I was ready to drop some cash. Nick was like, hey, why don't you just see if anybody watches this before you spend $1,000 on a camcorder? And I was like, touche. Good point, my dear man. But I'll tell you what, trying to figure out what camera to get, it's not that simple. Something I've learned this week is that technology... It's open to suggestion. Like it all depends on the person and your like knowledge base and what you're looking to get. I have watched so many YouTube videos reviewing different cameras for YouTube videos. Okay, watching YouTube videos about YouTube videos and I still don't really know what kind of camera would be the best option for what I'm trying to do. It seems like a camcorder seems like that is the way to go, um, which I was surprised to learn. But I ended up getting a webcam and uh, hooking it up to my tripod and then just recording it through Zoom. That's how I'm doing it. And it's worked. But I will say it has it has eaten about, I don't know, three full days out of our lives. Would yeah. you agree? Yeah. And even the webcam itself came with its own issues and problems. Uh, it, you know, Ashley sort of just kind of, I don't want to, I don't want to, th- I don't want to say willy nilly. Hey. But I, I feel <laughs> like she kind of willy nilly chose one and it happened to be something that I had seen um, and it, it was appropriate for what i thought she was she was going to need it for so i had had a little cursory research um in the past couple of months when i was looking into how to stream more clearly uh you know because we're also trying to figure out how to stream that or like you know record the intro to this podcast right we did it once and it looked weird yeah okay it was kind of <laughs> had the feeling had the feeling of what the beginning of this podcast had which was just kind of like Two people not really speaking to one another, but like speaking to you, which staring doesn't off, work. Yeah, staring off into the distance and talking sort of monotone. Right. Um, so regardless, Listen, she picked one. I she picked ran one. out and got it from Best Buy in like 25 minutes. Got it. Came back, hooked it up. It, Set it up. It seemed to be sufficient, and it is sufficient, and that's what she's been doing her uh, her, her show on. But 
really, this is all stuff that would have really been nice to sort of, uh, you know, iron out the previous week, not the day before launch. Look, I don't know if I believe in ADD. Like, I don't know if I believe in it. I have been diagnosed with it since I was a teen. I was diagnosed with ADD in the 90s as a girl. Do you know how hard that is? They were not telling girls they had ADD for a long time. For whatever reason, there was a gender bias there. To get diagnosed as a female in the 90s with ADD, I mean, I had to have been pretty cuckoo bananas. You were pretty pretty (laughs) fucked up. I must have been. But that being said, I still am like on the fence about like, what is it really? You know, what is the root of it? Blah, 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 blah. But it's moments like these, folks. It's moments like these. It's little snapshots of life where I'm running around a couple of hours before something is due that I had weeks to prepare for, and I'm I'm in a fog of not really knowing how to execute my grand idea that makes me think, hey, there might be something to this. There might be something to this, ADD. I think so. Anyway, the project's up. The project's up. You've done three days as of this recording. You've yeah. done three days. Monday morning, The when you're listening to this, there will be the fourth episode up. So mm-hmm. 9 a.m. Eastern time, five days a week. And then on the weekends, 10 a.m. Eastern time, you will be dropping these hour-long working videos. And check it out. I mean, if you like Ashley, you're going to like this. And if you're somebody who is a creative or somebody who likes to journal in the morning or honestly, these things aren't live yet. Flip it on in the middle of the night. It, it, to me, if I was looking for something like this, I think it's a fantastic version of like a study buddy of somebody. And also you get white noise. So it's like you're not chatting the whole time. You, you talk for like a little over five minutes of the hour long video, right? It's mostly, yeah, it's mostly white noise. 50 minutes of it is white noise. And about five to 10 is me just chit chatting in the beginning, the middle and the end. And, um, you know, like Nick said, it's 9 a.m. That's when they premiere. And if you show up, then it's fun because you can chat with other people. about, Including you. Including me. I'm there. And then there are other people. And we're just kind of talking about, like, what we're working on and, like, what we're, like, during the break we kind of chat. And then that's fun. But you can also just, like, watch it whenever. And uh, just put me on there, and I'll help you with um, whatever you're working on. I like that you use the term study buddy. Yeah, it's kind of like a study buddy. Should it? I rename my web, uh, the YouTube channel Study Buddy? But I think maybe Welcome to My Desk is the name of your YouTube channel, but this series could be called the Study Buddy Series. Study Buddy Series. I'm calling it Work With Me. But Work study- With Me works as well. I mean, who you know, I don't. This is your problem, Ash. <laughs> Anytime anybody says anything to you about any of your projects, you immediately have like a a shift in what you think you should be doing and you forget about what you want and what you've come up with and you now think that that person's suggestion is the be all end all. This happened three or four times in the launch of this product. That is true. I had one friend who was like, why are you starting a new YouTube channel? You should just make this a playlist on your regular YouTube channel. And I was like, oh my God. Why didn't I think of that? That's what I should do. And this and the derailed tr- Ashley for f- for four hours. The truth is, is that I I purposely made a u- a new YouTube channel because I wanted to keep it separate from my comedy. I didn't want people there's, showing up there. There's for literally comedy. nothing funny about this. Yeah, it's not funny. We're it's just not working. Funny, guys. So I didn't want anybody to show up there for comedy. Right. And so that's why I made a new YouTube channel. And but also, well, as soon Ash- as I got this suggestion, yeah. I was like, oh, they know better than I do. Ashley also has aspirations to do more things outside of comedy in line with this Welcome to My Desk. You know, she's 
infatuated with product reviews mm, uh, mm-hmm. of the self-care mm-hmm. type really skincare mostly but and, and that is a huge i'm sure you know as a, as a young woman who listens to this podcast by the way i speak to one young woman <laughs> that's who i think <laughs> you're talking to one young woman um i think most of the people that listen to this podcast are women i think the people that reach out to us yeah you know how big the skincare review industry is mm, out there on the I internet i know it, it, you do and, and and ashley loves this and she wants to be a part of this world a part of this mm-hmm. world now this is her way in i think she's cr- created a dedicated uh youtube that will not be comedy so now you need to, once the 30 days is up, I'm not too sure you're going to do another 30 days. You might, but this isn't the only thing that's going to be on this channel. And that's why I think it's important that it's separate from the Ashley Brooke Roberts channel with all the goofy characters, stand up and funny bits, Gare lady, um, which is great. And honestly, eventually you'll be able to link from one to the other. If you like me, maybe you'll like this. It's not comedy. They're going to work in conjunction with one another, but they are two separate sides of Ashley Brooke Roberts. It's true. And so I feel like this is the step in the foot in the door to doing some stuff that you've been talking about wanting to do for five or six years now, which is this product, not product reviews. That sounds awful. But no, just being part of the YouTube. um, Self-care world. Yeah, I love it. And I also love, you guys, I'm sure I talked about this, especially in the beginning of this podcast, but the amount of journaling videos I used to watch. um, I've kind of taken a backseat to it this year because planning and like getting into planners and all of that has been less of a priority in during quarantine but um boy oh boy was i all up in paper product videos and <laughs> bullet journaling videos etc so uh, ashley uh, it, it, she got derailed a few times in the launch of this of this new uh project uh, welcome to my desk but Luckily, she she launched it when she was supposed to. She's been doing it for three days, and uh, she's going to record her 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 fourth one immediately following the recording of this podcast. So Ashley's working; she's doing a good job. So you should go follow her little "Welcome to My Desk" YouTube and be on the ground floor of something big, folks. Something big. Yeah, come work with me. It's now, fun, and you know what's cool? I'm actually getting work done because of this, and the fact that people keep showing up is making me show up, and then I think the fact that I'm showing up is making other people show up. We're all just depending on each other, So, and maybe your work is not writing, you know, because the people who are there so far are like, we're, I've had a couple people who are working on pilots and, and sitcoms and that sort of stuff. Maybe your work is an Excel spreadsheet. Hey, we would love that variety in the chat. Come in, tell us what you're working on, and then just do it. Knock it out for an hour with me. That's all. You could probably also, uh, you know, just pop this on and, and, and do some housework, too. I mean, That's you, could, true. you could pop this on and get on the elliptical. You could you could do a lot with this because it also is a, is a two 25-minute timers that have – you're basically putting out a timer with personality. A timer with personality. Yeah. Oh, my I mean, God. That's, that's I love that. sort of what you're doing because, I mean, you'll at least know two 25 increments of time have gone by. Um, that's true. And so, uh, you know, hey, there's a lot of uses for this. People could use it to go to sleep, you know, put this playlist on and just yeah. relax and go to sleep. And you pop in every 25 minutes and kind of check in with everybody till they fall asleep. I mean, there's a lots of applications of this. So so uh, um, congratulations, Ash. I know you're, you're very you. excited about this. I'm enjoying it. 
Um, I mean, as far as other shit that we've been doing, I, I'm I'm almost in a catatonic state at this point uh, in my life. I cannot, I'm not able to really uh, remember anything that happened in the last week. We've been watching Survivor, uh, Blood versus Water, which uh, the second, the, the second one, yeah, uh, I guess season twenty nine or something like that. That's been really fun. I've I've been. I think it's a quality season. I don't know what it is about Survivor. I wish I could put my finger on it. It's not. I don't have this for any other television show. There is something about Survivor that feels like a friend, and I know that is a really depressing statement to make. But when we have Survivor in our lives. I feel like we have a buddy at the end of the night that we're going to go visit. I really do. And I don't get that from anything else. Big Brother doesn't give that to me. Even the challenge, my beloved challenge, does not really give that to me. But Survivor is giving it, man. I love these people. I, I'm, I just adore Jeremy, and I adore Natalie. And so I'm loving watching them. I mean, are they, like, perfect people? I'm confused by how wonderful they are, both of them. Um, Natalie's kind of cutthroat. I'm into it, She's though. kind of cutthroat. That's what I like about her. Yeah. And I'm getting to watch her on the it's challenge. It's interesting. I mean, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for for this current season. The reason we're watching this is because Natalie's on the challenge, and this is the season that, that punched her ticket to, to Winners at War because she wins this season. And um, I, uh, I'm excited to watch that happen, but... I've noticed, I would say we're at least a little over halfway through this season, more, maybe three quarters of the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we just thirds. made it to the merge, and I think the first jury member has been voted out. So we're, and, and really Natalie has not been the focus of the season. It's it's one of those seasons where the winner, I, if you were watching this season, you could not tell who could possibly be winning this season from an edit, right? They are giving people a lot of camera time who do not seem to be dynamic players. <laughs> like we're well, we're yeah. seeing a lot of interviews and a lot of camera time for people who are interesting, but I'm not sure they're actually playing the game. Like as far as I can tell, there's three people who are playing the game, maybe four. Jeremy's playing clearly, Josh is playing, Natalie's playing, and maybe Missy is playing, Baylor's mom. But I would say no one else is really playing this game. Like they're all kind of just surviving and working within the tribe. I said Josh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I said Josh. Um, so I would say those four. Yeah, but they're running the show. You know, but you would really think that, you know, may, this is a Jeremy season, right? I mean, Jeremy oh, yeah. gets the most out of every single episode. I mean, he's a huge star. And it's no wonder. It's interesting. They, they pick people to go on, you know, these shows over and over again uh, if they feel like the story is dynamic and the character is dynamic. But, like... If you get a good edit on the show, it makes you like a with a lot of scene, you know, everybody's doing the same amount of interviews, you know. Yeah. We just happen to see Jeremy's interviews in m- the majority of every episode. I, I, in my opinion, there's a few other people who are giving interviews that we're seeing a lot, but Jeremy. Now Jeremy does not win this season. He goes on to win a season that we actually just watched Second Chances. So the reason he got picked to be on the show again is because he was made a star of on his in- initial season and people clamored for him, you know, as like probably a fan favorite and wanted to see Jeremy come back and Jeremy comes back and wins. Now, it- it's an interesting thought on Survivor that a sub game that you need to be playing is creating a star out of yourself 
just in case you don't win that season, mm. your initial season. Mm-hmm. So if you come on and you're boring, 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 but then at the end you have like a sob story and then you win the show, but maybe you're boring, 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 and at the end you get eliminated, you're doing yourself uh, an injustice by not being dynamic in some way, shape, or form because it's you're probably not going to win your first season of Survivor. It's most likely not going to happen. Mm. So you might need to get on there once or even twice more to get that win. And in order to get on there, you need to become a star. So uh, it, it, it's interesting when people come in and play a super low-key game or they're kind of a floater who doesn't have a personality and, uh, you know, you may have just the, the same amount of chance of winning your second season as a Jeremy, uh, but you're never going to get that chance because you were fucking boring on your first season. Yeah. So you could look at everybody else who didn't get their second chance on this season. It makes sense, right? Because yeah. later, you know, you got Freaking Jeremy. Wes. Who's Wes? He's um, Keith's son who keeps like, oh, right. he's got exactly. his tongue stuck out. He's like, oh. Yeah, Wes is an idiot. No one wants to see him again, but people wanted to see Keith. Keith's yeah. a character mm-hmm. and they brought Keith back. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's very interesting. There's no chance if I ever watched this show without seeing this, the next season Jeremy had that I wouldn't have remembered Jeremy. Like, he's a memorable character. He's, he's got good personality. the person you're rooting for. Right. Right. Everyone wants Jeremy to win, I assume, as the audience. Right. They must be pulling for Jeremy. Must be. Um, he was the underdog for a little bit. Right. So, I mean, and he's also, you know, he's a fucking, you know, he's a Boston He's a firefighter. firefighter. He and... also seems to be like the best person morally. Yeah. You know? He's, uh, he's a fun character. Now, we know he does eventually get voted out, you know, but he comes back and he gets his. And then he becomes a super big uh, part of season 40. I mean, once again, Jeremy was at in a in a season of um, stars yeah. for the most part, in a season of winners for the all of the part. Everybody was a goddamn winner there. He was clearly, clearly one of the top four people that we watched throughout the entire season. Yes, he ended up getting pretty far, but man, oh man! I mean, right from the beginning, you started focusing on Jeremy. Um, I agree, and it's uh, you know Jeremy had a good chance to win season forty as well. Now um, I was um, I he I I thought he might win season forty, but I was doing some like just very basic research on Reddit last night, trying to find out if he ever did an, an AMA. Like, has he ever done an Ask Me Anything? And I couldn't find one. Ask but- Me Anything on a- is on Reddit. And it's like when somebody comes to to their actual dedicated Reddit page, like to Survivor subreddit. And it's like, hey, I'm Jeremy, AMA. Basically, you now get to do a questions and answer session with somebody that you really like. Um, they're really That's probably the best part of Reddit is 100%. AMA. 100%. Yeah. And there was one with Michelle. And someone asked her about Jeremy and her alliance with Jeremy from from Winners at War. And she said, you know, Jeremy and I didn't pregame beforehand, but we are friends. We knew each other. I lived in Boston. We used to get beers. We just I just assumed we were working together. Um, You know, it was we both assumed we were working together. I just wish I had held him more accountable to our alliance. Now, what do you think she meant by that? I wish I had held him more accountable to our alliance. I think she just went, she was saying she assumed they were aligned and never really talked about it too much. And she probably is kicking herself by not going, hey, we're aligned, right? Mm. Like, this is, we're friends outside the show, so we're clearly going to work on this together, correct? Mm, mm. Um, That's what I think. Mm. Um, Because she allowed him to have some ground to stand on by saying, oh, 
I didn't double cross you. Like, you know, we're not, I don't have to work with you. We never really talked about it mm. when really they probably but they're did. Buds. They were buds and all it took, all it needed was for her to kind of put in her bud card, you know, Hey, look, we're friends. So you yeah. gotta be my friend here. And then he would have been like, all right, fine. You know, now, Nick, you just looked down at something while you were talking. You looked down at your new Apple Watch. Yeah. How do you feel about it? I love it. You love it. Yeah, Apple Watch is great. You think it's the perfect thing in your life? Well, I bought it just, I talked about it last week. I bought it just to um, do some sort of workout stuff. I haven't gotten the workout I think the you talked about it on yet. the Patreon. Well, I don't maybe. know if you talked about it on the Monday show. Um, I mean, I got it last Wednesday, so I probably did talk about it on Monday's show. Okay. Maybe. But, I mean, I've had this thing for a week, so um, or over a week, and uh, it's, I think I did. Or maybe I got it this I don't really know when I got this. Guys, subscribe to our Patreon. Maybe not. <laughs> subscribe to our Patreon. We, we, we dropped our second Patreon of uh, December a couple of days ago, right at the end of December. And we spill some secrets. And, you know, there are 24 chat chits for you to listen to, because we did two a month yeah. every month this year. Plus, we have an entire season of Fresh Meat, this, the uh, first season of Fresh Meat, season 12, the challenge of recaps on there. Get on there, man. We got a lot of good content. You can, we you do. can chew that all up in a week. Chew it up. Spit it down. So, so, yeah, my Apple Watch is, I, I'm really enjoying the Apple Watch. It's kind of fun. It, you, you sort of feel a little bit like James Bond with like a, I, where Q gives you like a. Oh, that's uh, fun. It's your spy watch. Right. Cause it's like, your decoder ring. It just keeps doing things that you're like, oh, you can do this as well. Like, um, you know, I, I didn't realize I could take like a dedicated phone call on my watch um, until it's my wrist started ringing and I answered it on my watch and the sound came through my watch. That's wild. Um, which was kind of fun. You have Siri around your wrist, which is fun. You know, it's, it's made me even lazier and it's made life a little uh -oh. too easy. Uh-oh. Uh anytime it's gotta I have, go. Anytime I have any questions, I just, I just lift my wrist up to my face and ask it. And, um, that I enjoy that the, the voice to text because you can't really text from your phone. Like, they give you the option of doing that, like, you know when, like, they, they've had apps on phones where, like, you draw the letters and it comes out, like, the text, yeah. you know? I can't do it. My fingers are too fat. It never mm -hmm. knows what I'm trying to draw. So I've had to use the voice-to-text um, when using the phone, and that's it's crazy how good that is. It's hmm. got the best um, microphone and Siri uh that i've seen on any on my um, on my my laptop on my phone like it always knows exactly what i'm saying and i can speak really quickly and send it without even seeing what hey, she has written apple why don't you go ahead and sponsor us i mean we yeah, are apple. into your product well speaking of our sponsorships i mean this is boring compared to our universal yums box oh my god we are so excited okay so first and foremost you should know that one of my christmas presents this year from nick was a subscription to universal yums every month you get a box of snacks of junk food of chocolates and chips and candies from a different country so our first box was the december box or maybe it's the starter box it was i don't the know december box well sachi asked me did you guys get the christmas box and so i was like huh i wonder if that was something else like for people who had been subscribed because we got the um italy box mm -hmm. full of delicious snacks i bet i had a blast eating most of them nick really did 
Nick stuck to his guns and he ate a bunch on New Year's Eve. And then the next day he was like, I'm not going to eat them. But I just kept plowing through those snacks. I'm only really allowing myself like one or two days a month to enjoy this Universal Yums box because they are going to come at least this month. uh, Last uh, December, January and February, I signed us up for. So we do have a box coming in the next couple of weeks. And I, I feel like that'll be a good time to plan like a cheat day uh around uh, having the fun snacks in the box but we yeah we got the italy box first and basically they just give you like a tour of italy through the snacks Mm, a delicious salty sweet tour and they've taken our place in um or they've taken the place in our hearts of magic spoon we're no longer trying to get sponsored by magic spoon we're moving over to universal yum yeah fuck you magic (laughs) (laughs) yeah you never returned our damn email you you send me a magic spoon email today why we for the next 24 hours which is this point i think it's like three hours we can get a five dollar discount uh, magic spoons discount sucks yeah we want a 50 percent discount <laughs> or a hundred percent discount our friend spoon. joe firestone got sponsored by magic spoon and i was like that's so cool like her podcast got sponsored i was like what did you get and she you know thinking she's gonna get paid or something she's like you get a box of magic spoon one box you get the variety pack every month i don't think it's every month if it's every month that's worth it because then you don't have to buy any more magic spoon but if it's once nah would you not guys listen it. to us if we had a sponsor yeah, if it was Magic Spoon, <laughs> of course you would. Don't leave us because we, we need to make money, folks. We I have guess, to figure something out. I guess you guys are sitting at home wondering, why the hell aren't these two talking about their New Year's Eve? And we didn't do anything on New Year's Eve at all. To be honest, we did nothing. Ashley, that was us panicking about Ashley's thing that was supposed to come out the next day. So and we, we talked snacks. about it already. We ate snacks. We ate the Universal Yum snacks. That and was we, our Universal Yum's day. We ordered a bunch of gross pizza. We ordered gross <laughs> pizza. We tried to watch some of these New Year's, New Year's Eve shows, and they were kind of depressing because no no one was allowed to be in a room together. What I did like, though, is that like they for like JLo's performance, we watched JLo. They had they would like pan to the audience and it was just um, sort of scattered groups of like it looked like finance guys dancing with right. masks on. Well, that wasn't JLo. JLo actually performed in Times Square to a bunch of beach balls. There was nobody in her audience. Oh, who was that? So like we watched like Sierra perform. Oh, right, right, and right. People coming from the uh, west coast uh miley cyrus performed and these were all canned performances where they brought in strange audience who are strangely socially distanced but also in suits pretending like it was new year's eve and dancing around and yes they all look like finance bros are it you was... sure j-lo didn't have an audience yeah. that was scattered throughout oh, um well, she did she had she had a rod but this was when you made that uh, that was like during a performance around 10 p.m. when you oh, when we started when I, talking when about I that. When I started going, look at those finance bros. Because I act, we watched J Lo, and it didn't. It was mostly about the fact that J Lo's performance was she was uh, it was a bunch of like sculptures or something around her, and she, she was herself, a giant wedding cake she, at one point. She looked like a giant wedding cake who came down, and then she did like a very slow rendition of "Waiting for Tonight" and made a speech, and then uh, A Rod cried, and you could see it uh, through his mask and. It was a really depressing night, I mean, uh, for Dick Clark's uh, New Year's Rockin' Eve and and Ryan Seacrest uh, to boot. Andy Cohen got trashed, and Nick, if you would ever just get back on TikTok, I have been sending you so many Andy Cohen drunk TikToks um, where people were recording them. I don't know why we forgot to watch the CNN one this year. Yeah, we blew it. But he got trashed. He started um, shitting on, like, uh, Cuomo. 
um, and a bunch of... What was he saying about Cuomo? Get your shit together. Get this city back. I don't know. He was just saying stuff like that. Oh, He started doing the thing where he um, tells... What's his name? Um, that he's Anderson a, Cooper. He, yeah, Anderson Cooper. Thank you. That he's like a Vanderbilt rich kid. Yeah. You know, you and your maids, that sort of thing. He, he was just did that got again, sloshed. Huh? Yeah. People liked it year one or whenever it was last year. Yep. Uh, well, we hope you had a nice new year. Um, so now I think what we're going to do is we're, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we will have our interview with Russ Stevens. And this is all about the challenge double agents. And it's just basically uh, kind of a, how he feels the season's been going after a couple episodes. And we go through all of the fun new players that are on this particular season. Now, if you want to listen to this like you normally do, just keep listening. But you can go to our YouTube right now and watch this interview if that's something you're into. I mean, we actually have the pictures up of the players that we're talking about. So that's kind of fun. And maybe you're a YouTube person. Go over there. Subscribe. Watch. We love you. Bye. I mean, see you in a sec. See you in a sec, (laughs) Ash. See you in a sec. Hey, folks. We are here with our wonderful guest, Russ Stevens. Russ, thank you for being on the show again, man. Thanks for having me again. This is great. So uh, if you guys have been listening to us for, you know, I guess about a year, because the last time we did it, we were in quarantine uh, when we did it. The the last time it was like the beginning of quarantine, right? The last season. That you yes, were on the show? that would have that I was actually on right before that. Um, really? But, yes. Because I yeah. think you had gone to Cobra Club beforehand. Yes. Right. So that would have to be pre-quarantine wow i do remember you being on uh, were you in our apartment doing this mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is yeah this is wow. so fucked up russ okay so when i'm thinking about this right i'm thinking of where it happened it was at our table in our little uh living yeah. room and then you were sitting uh, across from us but wow. in my mind you were on a screen <laughs> like you are now because i can't wow. even fathom oh, being no. that close to a friend <laughs> Oh no! I, I, totally, I <laughs> my get brain, it. My brain doesn't even work that way. Well, welcome back to the show, virtually, Russ. Um, <laughs> we're very happy to have you. You are our favorite challenge um, fan uh, mm-hmm. and friend. Mm-hmm. So, um, we just want to know what you think about Double Agents. Have you been watching? Yeah. First yeah. impressions. Give us your thoughts. Okay. Um, so it's. The, I have to preface everything I say with it's a challenge. So I inherently I love it. challenge at its back and it's it's maybe been the one piece of televised content i've been most excited to have in a world where i i'm over the i'm over tv i'm over screens so i love having it but i don't i just have an issue in my head plotting out this season one person going home every week is driving me insane there's seven thousand people on this show so many (laughs) So if I'm to believe, if they're going to have a single elimination a billion times, I'm in for that. But I believe they won't. I believe there'll be a purge, in which case you introduce 10 new people to a season and I'm never going to get to know half of them. So that's wow. that's my preliminary frustration is I don't think I'm going to get a single elimination every week. I think eventually they're just going to like get this dead weight out of here and it's a waste of everybody's time. Interesting. I wasn't even thinking about a purge. I just assumed that like once there were 10 skulls, then TJ would be like, okay, the final starts and the other 20 of you that don't have skulls have to go home, but there could be a purge. That is a good point. I think there, I think there will be because I 20 people just standing there at the end is too many Mm -hmm. for, for 
for TV purposes. So part of me thinks, okay, there's gonna be some kind of purge at some point, but I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to game out the season and that's getting in the way of my enjoyment because this is, it feels really different. It's like, oh, it's a men's day or oh, it's a women's day. I feel like that can be wonky. So well, it, got, it got wonky on the, the last right. episode because of Nicole, but they yeah. never said like, hey, since Nicole went home for an elbow injury or whatever it was, uh, we're going to, it's a guy's day again. Um, and so I mean, Devin was on the chopping block. At the end of the episode, but we spent the whole episode being like, what the hell is going to happen? But it just didn't make any sense. Uh, rules wise, I yeah. always have a little issue with the challenge rules. Um, you know, they don't faster and looser than usual. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't establish that they all they say is like, wow, anything can happen. What's TJ going to do? What's TJ going to do? But I do like that there is a set of rules that like everybody knows in the challenge. You can't do that because that's an automatic, you know, you're going to get booted. Because right. on Survivor, we like to watch Survivor. There is a little leeway with Jeff on Survivor, like when they can barter for things, like when they go to challenges. Sometimes they're right. like, hey, Jeff, we don't need this flint. We actually uh, lost all our beans. Can we go get some more beans from them? And he's like, mm, okay. They don't do that on the challenge ever. It's never like, right. hey, since Nicole went home, like, what about it being a guy's day again? And then him being like, mm, all right, let's do it. It just happens. And then later in interviews, they try to clean it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and to me, that's a kind of che- it cheats because I, I take this very seriously. Me too. <laughs> so so it, 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 I want there to be rules and break them, please break them. But rules are there. So it's fun when you break them, not just wow. like, oh, it's just a, this amorphous, you know, you know show. not to talk about comedy, but it's really like when you have a joke, if the clim- if the premise isn't clear, then you're, you might not catch the punchline because you're still trying right, to figure right. out the premise. So it's like, give me a clear premise so that I can then enjoy that surprise, you know? Yes. And, and I, I feel like with production for the, I mean, maybe the last season, this season and last season, I feel like I find myself having, I'm an adult. Like, I'm just going to say that right up top. I'm a grown up. I should understand the show. I should understand where it's going. I should understand the actual challenges themselves. And I find myself like, I don't know, I'll just watch it and I'll figure it out. Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe they said something and I missed it. And as it relates to just regular stuff like eliminations now, I'm like, who's up? Why are, but how and why is CT still here? Like, I, I just have questions. Well, they they the, they've established that every every season, like the rules are going to change and it's going to get more intense. And so, I guess we can we're talking about it now. We can just jump right into this conversation. How do you feel about this double agents theme and and the set of rules that comes with it? Because yeah, I, I, it was super confusing when CT stayed. Um, I didn't hate it. I'll be honest. I thought it was enough of a wrench in in the situation where I always do like when people throw a whole bunch of people under the bus or a person on the bus and through yeah. happenstance, that person actually is going to come back. And now they all have to deal with this person walking around their house for another week or however many right. days to the next one. So I like that. Inten- I like house tension. You know what I mean? I'm a reality fan, you know? Yeah. So I did. I didn't hate it. But how do you feel about this double agent theme sure. altogether? So the theme, I, I like the idea of infiltrating another team because it, like now stuff you've done in another team or your strat your strategy, like like Kyle and Cam, for example, like 
Kyle infiltrating is a really great game move. It's also good TV. Mm-hmm. Um, where I get, where I have issues with the the team swapping and the flip flopping is, and not not so much with CT Stang because I love that he's there. It's I don't believe that because you don't have a partner, you can't compete. Like I, I that bothers me. Mm-hmm. So it's like you get a week. Like that's actually for losing, you win. Yeah. You yeah. Get a new partner and you don't have to do anything. And I, I don't like it when somehow losing makes your life better. Right. Do you mm, think, do you think point. Ashley has had that gripe as well? Um, she really, I didn't, for some reason, didn't, I, I kind of tune out when the rules are being, when TJ. My gripe <laughs> was just that CT wasn't competing, but I like the way you phrased it when you said, I don't like when losing helps you win. Right. I yeah. hadn't really put it in that context. I just knew something was off. So yeah, I like that you phrased it that way. It, it took me a while to figure it out because I had to go back in my mind and think, and I watch every episode twice for no reason. Oh my uh, God. You're the I best. love it. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, I like CT. He's slimmed down. So he's, he's more in the game. A CT that's more in the game is something I like, but he lost and he's still here and he doesn't even have to compete at a disadvantage. And now if they made him compete in that next challenge at a disadvantage, awesome. I'm cool with that. He would have done well anyway, probably just working by himself. But I, I just, that's the part that gets me is I'm like, how did this guy get like a total life upgrade uh, just by doing nothing? Not to say that Big T is good, but people like her. So she's not going anywhere. So like how? I mean, he really else, lucked out. He did luck out. I mean, because a lot of the beginning of all of these elimination games is how can you create your, how can you make yourself invisible for the first three quarters of the game? Yes. And CT is such a huge target. Having CT with, an, with two champions, you know, together, she, he was partnered with Ashley. Ashley already has a target on her back. She's a good competitor and she's kind of a dickhead. So, yeah. So it's like, um, Big T, she's sweet. Her social game is great. She is not a threat uh, no. competitively. People think they'll wipe wipe the floor with her during an, uh, uh, any sort of an elimination or even the final. And it does downgrade uh, the target on CT's right. back. So you're absolutely right. I mean, this dude got a life upgrade. Not to mention the original point here. He gets a pass the entire week, which yeah. is is... I like when, you know, you mentioned, I don't like when anybody loses and it's better for them. Yeah. I agree. Unless it's a completely uh, strategized move on the player's point, like sure. throwing a challenge to get somebody off. Well, that's if, fine. If you're able to work that as a loss, then I'm like, ooh, that's great. But when the rules itself allow losers to continue and actually thrive, right. It's interesting. I'm sure they thought about this and I'm sure that this is going to get a lot more interesting when there's less than 50 people running around my screen sure. every Wednesday night. When there's 20, it's going to be a little bit more interesting cuz like do I want this person to have a pass next week in the challenge so maybe I shouldn't vote this team right. in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there there could be being able I mean this it's probably a little too raw, a little too early to figure out exactly. What do you think about the the like just the special agents 007 theming whatever? Like I I think they took war as far as they could take it. Uh <laughs> Like a war of the worlds, war, and I, I'm assuming Total Madness was supposed to be War of the Worlds three, and then they just said, "Ah, oh, Total Madness," because every challenge was you got to take a bomb and detonate a, a, a thing. So now they're like, "Well, spies." Um, I don't need all that. 
just, it doesn't have to be a theme. You could just double, like, it doesn't have to be such a, and I know they think that's good for TV. I don't care. The show is like half a sport to me. So just put the people in a place, have them do the double dealing. I don't need the name. I don't need the double O Nelly or the double big T or the whatever. I don't need any of it. Just give me the show. Yeah. The double challenge O'Nelly. is its own theme. Yeah. Like challenge. that's the thing. It's like they're, they're overproducing and trying to sell me on a product that I buy. Already. <laughs> right. Like I bought it. There used to be themes and they kind of made more sense just to what the game was, you know, yeah. like, um, uh, sec, uh, what was it? Uh, what's the one with the dating exes, exes you know, and rivals, and free, agent, free agents, you know, makes sense to me. Um, but like the idea that the theme is just, it's going to be pretty much the same game. We're just going to put a new skin over it. And there's maybe a few tweaks on the, the, the mechanics of how people go home. I don't need um, I don't either. I mean, it is what, 36 seasons in. So it's just like, I guess they're trying to figure it out. And they've done very well with the ratings and stuff like that. And I, I do have to say like, some of the sequences feel like an action movie. I mean, they really do. They, they've sure. decided to go in that direction. I don't want to get too deep into this. I personally think that takes away from the gameplay of what I'm seeing because of the way that they shoot it, where it's like explosions and bombs going off during challenges. I start to lose the action. I'm like, who's winning? Who's losing? And everyone's dressed in the same color. Meanwhile, it's really confusing. I'm watching another competition show, which is basically the same show just on an Island. And there's literally moving like on a platform with an egg on the spoon uh, against another person. And I'm on the edge of my seat. Like, is this person going to get the egg in their basket before the other person? Because I'm seeing the action. And, and when the egg starts to move off the spoon, they have a super close in and I'm like, the music gets crazy. And I'm like, is the egg going to fall off the spoon? Um, you know, so Way they more don't compelling and they're also yeah. not going for teenagers anymore. MTV is going for older women now. That is their demo that they're attempting oh. to get. They want older women. I, I, is uh, who you know? Uh, What's older? More loyal viewing audience, apparently. Right. They want the people who watch, still watch Jersey Shore. Still, they want that VH1 reality audience mm. to to be firmly placed into the MTV reality audience. And fair. I think they think they have a a handle on the on the young boys of the world, but. Just getting to, I don't know. I'm complaining too much about a show that I love. So maybe we should back off well, a I, tiny, I tiny bit. But I think that's the, that's the thing is I, I like this show so much that I feel um, that I feel like I have the right to air my grievances. Yeah. Uh, like don't need the bombs. And you also don't need to, you don't have to reinvent the wheel and make a challenge that uh, hurts people. Uh, oh like my the, God. The, the bus one last week or the, the truck. Okay, so you're on a truck and it, it's the same thing you've always done before. It's just two people wrestling. That's fine. Just wrestling on the ground is okay. Mm-hmm. And having harnesses is okay. And having two people going at the same time isn't okay because now I can't see anything. Mm-hmm. And the rules, I had no idea what constituted winning i thought whoever landed first lost but it was whoever was on it last won. but that's a stupid that's a stupid game stupid and two people get hurt yeah stupid and people get hurt that's a dumb game you want to frostbite people in the water like last season you know whatever i think that's an irresponsible game too but you guys have enough there's enough games in the in the history of the show that you can just start recycling some of the old ones they haven't hung anybody off of water in two seasons. So True. Maybe, 
maybe hang some people over some water, drop mm-hmm. them into something. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they used, they used to swim, they used to swim places and try to grab things off the bottom of the ground and then put it in there, like, you know, where people are trying to figure out how to hold their breath and swimming. They don't do that much anymore either. Because they're yeah. always going to these like uh, exotic locations where it's freezing. They've moved from places that are super hot to places that are freezing for some reason. <laughs> I, I don't get. I don't really understand that either. Especially uh, if everybody is attractive. I guess what I'm saying. Parkas. Right. Um, at least there, I guess there's a pool at this place, MTV right? MTV needs to hire us. There We're going to change the show. Okay. There we is. have some. They notes. at least have the, they at least have pools and hot tubs that are like not in a compound this season. So they think in their mind that we want to see them be uncomfortable and suffer. So they're like, right. make them cold and put them in no. danger. And it's no. like, I want to just see them be hot and try and solve puzzles. Really? Yeah. And- and yeah. sometimes and kids. Save that for the final. Like the final yeah. has always been crazy hard. I was just watching uh, Battle of the Seasons on Pluto. Like that's a really hard final. They had to like stand and hold a camel and not mm-hmm. sleep, and they're screaming at Sam. Like, oh that's man, a, that's, that's a tough. That was tough. They yeah, beat the really shit out of Sam. Yeah. They beat really the shit hard. out of Sam. Frank and fucking Zach, Zach. real pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, Super toxic. People don't. Zach never had a good season where it wasn't he was wasn't doing something that should have made you not a fan of Zach. All the way from his real world season. Yeah, um, I mean, the only thing that got him a little bit of uh, credit was the fact that he buddied up with Frank eventually, and Frank is an out gay man. So right. it's like, oh look, I'm not a horrible uh, straight white dude. I am friends with this guy who I want to fist fight at all times. So he's it's like horrible. He's, he's a terrible guy. Look, I found another misogynist. Frank is a terrible guy. He Real was bad. he was like beating up Sam in that yeah. season. He like pushes her down when they're running. Anyway, that's what I was watching two days ago, and I was like, this is bad. Why am I still watching it? It's, it's bad. And then uh, and then I just watched a clip on YouTube, not to get too far away, but where um, night. God rest his soul. Just slaps uh, Frank at a at a reunion. It slaps him across the face. It might have been that season. Wow. Um. But boy, this show has gone through a lot. But um. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So um. Why don't we uh. Oh, before we get into going through some of the cast and I, and I'll tell the uh, people watching and listening. Um, what we're going to do is go through people who are not on this uh, show in the last season or two. That's who we're going to talk about because we've uh, you've heard our opinions on everybody else so many times. So we'll just do that and we'll see where that takes us. But uh, what? how did you feel before we do that, uh, Russ? How did you feel about the first, what were there, three episodes mm-hmm. or you know, um, a couple episodes? It, again, I, I, I like it. I'm into it. I just really hope that as the cast whittles down a little bit, I get to know who some of these people I know some of them from the outside, but I, I, I like Leo. I'm curious to see like what this mm-hmm. guy can do, and he hasn't really gotten his screen time. So I'm, right. I'm just hoping. I'm, I'm waiting for the show to kind of get into that that like that meaty center. Mm-hmm. Me too. I can't wait. You know, there it had been it had been rumored for a couple seasons that Leo Rush was going to be on the challenge. Nick was very. Excited. I was very excited for that. Um, uh, as a pro wrestling fan. Um, so I just feel like this show is built for a guy like that. Not yeah. only, I mean, we'll talk about, why don't we, we'll get into it when we actually get to Leo because Leo is one of the people we're talking about. So I'm going to, um, for those of you who are listening on our podcast, we love you so much. You are our hardcore fans, but just to let you know, there is video 
that you could find on our YouTube. And um, uh, we're going to actually show some of the pictures. We're going to show the picture that we're talking about. So if we're ever talking about the physical appearances of anybody, that's because we're looking at them. And that's why. Here we go. So we're going to start here. And uh, what I'm going to do is move this over here so I have the names of people. Great. So uh, here is Amber Barzotra. Um, And I believe Amber Barzotra is from a season of Big Brother that I have not watched. She is from a season that I did watch. Ooh. Is it 16? I think it's it's either. Yeah. six. I I believe that's the season that Cody wins. Paulie's brother. Well, Cody, Cody wins this. Cody wins this. Uh, the current season. Oh, that, sorry, and I, he gets second. I believe. Uh, what's her name? Oh, so who won? Uh, so maybe that, it was sixteen or eighteen. It's one of the. It's in the higher teens. Needless to say, I when I was marathoning the show uh, over the summer, I watched her season. She was pretty good at Big Brother comps, which doesn't really translate as well to the challenge, but it's it's something. Uh, she had a really weird relationship with this guy named Beast Mode Cowboy. It was his own. He gave himself the nickname. I'm sure. <laughs> and he was like always doing things for her in the game, despite her asking him to. And it was a real kind of gross, toxic. A lot of old reality doesn't hold up. Yeah, it's tough. To watch. Yeah, but this was just a few years ago, and she's like, "I don't like this guy, and I never said I did, and I don't know why he just won't leave me alone." Mm. Uh, but I think she she's partnered with what Darrell? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and she's like ha- is in this friendship. Okay, I'll just say real quick, I-, I don't know anything about her, but I do like the fact that a her partner's Darrell, and b that she's like friends with this little British the British gals yep. crew. And I'm into that move for her because where else would she have gone? It, like, like I think they're they're fun people. They're welcoming, and I don't really know the rest of the the rest of the new girls, or or nor do I think that the vets would really kind of bring her in. So it was smart for her to like find a lane for herself really quickly. Yeah. Um, she was pretty good at Big Brother, but I think this this guy messing with the, basically people messed with her game and. Mm. Why? Right. So in her, what was her big brother uh, style? Was she a strategist? Was she just a great social game player? Was she a comp she beast? Had, what did she do? I think she had a good social game and she was a good game player, but she had, she kind of made that mistake of letting other people's games get in the way of hers. Right. So, and then like, she didn't really have a good defense for it. So ended up kind of getting getting the short end of the stick over some stuff other people did. Mm. So I think she's, if she's smart, she's going to try to fly under the radar to the best of her ability. And I think Darrell can end up doing that too, just because he's, so there are probably people on the show who weren't even alive when he was on the show. Or <laughs> right. So they don't really know. I, I feel like Darrell doesn't really command the fear and respect that he would because there's just so many new people who don't know him. Yeah, right. that, that he would and that he should. These people right. should try, they should be targeting him and no one seems to be targeting yes. him, which is very yeah. strange. It yeah. makes no sense to me. I'd be like, that guy's got to go because the longer he's here, like once the challenges get to be more of the traditional, just one-on-one out physicaling or outsmarting somebody, he's going to do it. Yeah. I mean, Corey knew to do that. I think it was in Dirty 30 or Invasion. Yeah, it was one of those seasons. 
Yes. Um, first episode, Corey was like, got the chance to send someone home and was like, I'm going to send home Darrell. Crazy. And that at the time I was like, no, but now I like completely get it and I mean, understand. Yeah. Let's never forget. He won the first four challenges that he was on. So yeah. I'm a different show, but still. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on uh, to another Amber. This is Amber Martinez. She is from. Uh, are you the one? Come one. Come. Are you the one? Come one. Come all. Right. And uh, we watched this season. Um, did you see this season uh, that she was on of Are You the One? No, I just wa- I've never actually I've never wa- I've watched like the season that Devin was on. Season but, three. Yeah, but I've never watched Are You the One besides that, and I don't know who she is, and I still don't know. Who she is. She's barely. She's Nelly's partner, right? They are the Are You the One team. Yeah. Um, Nel- um, Nelson's from Are You the One, so I think that's why he picked her. That's yeah. my theory. Could be. I mean, uh, so she has not gotten any FaceTime on this show. And it's one of the big things that the cast size suffers from every season is I don't even know who these people are. I'm like, who are you? I, I, I've seen her. I will say that she was um, kind of fun to watch for a little bit on uh, her season of Are You the One? Ash and I are big fans of that season. We thought it was uh, definitely uh, uh, one of the best seasons, in my opinion. I like the Devin season the best. Um, I thought Devin was a complete, utter dickhead and villain on that show in in like an incredible way. Um, And in a way that he did not take, I mean, we'll save it for the Devin conversation, but um, I think he did not take that persona to the challenge, which I think was a problem, in my opinion. He was more exciting to watch then as a villain. But Amber really didn't get, uh, her storylines were, I think, in the beginning of the season of Are You the One? They were kind of there, and then they kind of, they, they they when her when her relationship broke up, I think they stopped following uh, her around so much. Uh, unsure on why they brought her on this show. She doesn't. Yeah. She's she's small. Um, you know, not you know, not that that's bad, but I think smaller people tend to not do that well on this show. Um, and, and part of me thinks like, okay, this was filmed during COVID. Like, I don't think like, are you looking to put people on this show to hook up? Because it just feels w- weird watching people hook up now. Like if it's yeah. old or if it's before, fine. But watching that happen now, like you didn't put her on just to hook up with people. Right. So what did you see? Because I don't see anything. Yeah. It's not, well, it's not fault, but on her season, she wasn't afraid to argue. She wasn't afraid to hook up, and she was pretty self-assertive. I don't see any of that now, no. but I do remember in her season her feeling like a genuine character who would stand up for herself. So maybe they thought she would thrive in this environment. Unfortunately, she's Nelson's shadow and Nelson's not even getting that much screen time. So, Which make, I think that might be a little purposeful on his part. Um, He flew so high on the radar at the beginning of the last season. Yeah. uh, That he had to become a whole new person by the middle of it. And (laughs) now he's like, let me just, hang back <laughs> remember that yeah no more nice nelly t or whatever uh, happened or, in the- <laughs> oh yeah what was what did he, he was something last year he was like i'm dirty now i'm bad nelly yeah <laughs> something where he decided he was gonna be a villain and then midway through he was like i'm a good guy now and yeah. he started like going up and like just handing people his game like uh it, right uh, you know what during the I, Anissa. I think he gave himself a name then too like like double nelly t this season i think he gave himself like i'm evil nelly i think he called himself evil yeah which is like stop 
stop, like but him. keep going. I really love, I find him to almost, he's, he's getting close to being the heart of the show, in my opinion. Um, just on how of like, this guy can come back every single season and lose, and I'll be happy to see him come back every season. Oh, absolutely. It, it, going back to last season when he gave up his, his, basically his spot for Corey, we were all in a more emotional state, but that, that actual human tears dropped from my face because Aww. I was like, this is that's male friendship right there. People always say men aren't really that close. We don't really love each other. Like, like, no, they do. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, okay, so uh, Amber, we wish you luck. Let's move on. We've talked about this guy already a bunch. Um, great photo. Not a recent photo, but a great photo. Um, were you excited, Russ, when when you found out Darrell was going to yet again make a return to the show? Yeah. Uh, it was also knowing that there aren't that many people from his era on this season. I was curious to just sort of see him without the people from his years like that that would be what anisa teresa to a certain extent and and wes is that it lct so it's nice to see him come back without as many of the old like old school original cast people so i'm I'm curious to see what he can do i know he's not getting a lot of screen time but um he's a tough out so he'll be on the show for a long time Mm-hmm. I, I I found it was a little disappointing that I never got to get any like uh, there was no like hanging out and drinking like uh, group uh, with like Wes and CT and Darrell and Anissa like you know I kind of wanted to you I, want I, the seniors to hang out at the senior table a little bit yeah. I, I wanted to see like um, you know these folks like hanging out and just kind of being like wow I can't believe uh, we've been on the show and we're still on the show and Darrell's back and there was none of that. And I, and I think that's, you know, there's obviously, there's probably some of it that we just didn't get to see, but it is a testament to how big the cast is. And like also Anissa, Wes and CT do not think of themselves like Darrell probably thinks of himself as like, wow, I was a challenge vet way back in the day. They're like, I got to win this show again. Yeah. So I, my legacy feels right before I leave like Johnny bananas, you know, I need right. my, I need my win so I can go and do whatever else I'm going to do in my career. Um, and they're probably not thinking like, Hey, let's hang out. We'll do an old school uh, Alliance. They, they consider themselves, you know, I, I imagine CT considers himself, like Fessy considers himself a threat in this game who needs to win this game somehow. And they're updating their games. And I wanted to see Darrell kind of fit in there and maybe we will. Unfortunately, Wes is gone now, but maybe we will be able to see some sort of an old school Alliance, but just give me a little Darrell. We haven't gotten any of it yet. Yeah. I I think that it's also, he's with, he's with it. He's with Amber who hasn't really gotten, I think there's just, if there's so many new people right now that have so little story that we're not going to see people tied to them for a while too, which kind of stinks. Right. But I think uh, Darrell, is going to make some moves. Mm-hmm. I, I think so too. I can't wait. Uh, Demetrius Michi Harris. Um, now, did you watch Michi when he was on X on the beach season three? No. Cause I only watched X on the beach. The peak of the, the the love the beach one or the no the, mm-hmm. the snow one the mountain one right it's on the peak Whatever yeah that was called, i watched that and i loved it yeah um, with georgia yes right um, but michi i don't know but i think he's i don't know that he's good at anything but i think right now he might be playing having playing a pretty solid social game just by hanging out in the room with the boys and absorbing information 
but not sending information out, which is honestly the way to play the game as a rookie. Absolutely. Like, be hang out with everybody, be cool, say very little, hear very much, and right. then make your moves when you can. Yeah. I did notice that. I noticed him. He's in the bunks. It's like him and Leo are like in the Mm -hmm. bunks with like Kyle and Devin and what was Wes and like not necessarily out in the house looking like they're aligned with them, but they're clearly if Wes and Devin and Kyle are are able to speak freely in the bunks with them, they've clearly spoken and been like, why don't you vote with us and we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. I think super smart move by Michi. Um, You know, we, the only thing we've gotten from him so far is he like froze up in the water um, and, and had Fessy had to save his life or something like that. (laughs) Sure. <laughs> but you know, and, at and least like, he got a little something. Wes is the type he lo- he does bring rookies around. Like he'll he'll bring rookies along and then eventually use them. But he brought them along and kind of put them in the right spot. And now he's gone. So I think they might have gotten enough of a rub just by being around Wes that Devin and Kyle see them as potential votes. Which mm-hmm. honestly, right now, that's if if I could be seen as somebody's vote, that's a lot. Like that's it's huge. huge. Because I, I guess if I don't, I, it's hard to determine the exact division in the house. I guess it's the TYB team, Young Buck, and then like all the other dudes. Mm-hmm. But then kind of Leroy is doing his own thing, and then on the girl side, it's like Cam and her people, and I guess all of them. I, I well, don't there's know. like a Big Brother alliance, and then there's right. like a New School Challenge alliance, which is like I think Cam and Tori, and like they're kind yeah. of working with Big Brother and the Young Bucks, you know. Well, it's the people who haven't won versus the people who people haven't won, but who and... are also part of the new class of challengers. Yeah. They've been there before, but they're not yeah. like CT. But I, I think I think we're about two episodes away from like real lines in the sand being drawn because only one person's going home every week uh but i think michi just made a smart move by quietly or i think he did quietly aligning with that like kyle devin Mm -hmm. other group of dudes that aren't big brother and aren't tyb now who's who's his partner i have completely forgotten who's michi michi with uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. Is he paired is up with Liv? Is is that what it is? It is has it to be Liv. It has to be Liv, right? Because Gabby's with Gabby's Leo. Leo. Uh-huh. Amber and Amber are with Darrell and Nelson. Nelly. Um, and then the rest are kind of paired up with, so it's got to be Liv, right? Got to be Liv. Okay. Boy, they really right. haven't gotten anything on this show yet. Now, do I you mean, know- I love Liv and I have only seen her on the show. Well, we'll talk, we'll Which- talk about yeah we'll get well, there i have a question before we move on from michi do you have any um knowledge of who this person was and why they got themselves into the mtv challenge system no clue okay I, it seems to me that they only they dated black china at, at one point oh, which, I think put, I heard that. which put them on uh which put them i think this man considers himself a man um uh which put michi on um on the map on but the like, radar you know he's got a great smile he's got personality he's getting interviews even though he doesn't have to have he doesn't seem to have anything happening in the house no. i don't see any story happening for him in the house but he's still talking about his life well, he's talking about who he is incredibly handsome he's an incredibly yeah. handsome i think gentleman. he's here for the ladies to be honest i'm enjoying him being on the show and i think that was part of the reason he was cast. So we bailed <laughs> on that season of x on the beach and so i'm wondering if he made waves 
Um, yeah, right? we got to find out. We got to find out what happened. If there's lovers and fighters, he's a lover. Yes, agreed. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Now, this one, um, we know Devin, but Devin has not been on this show for a bunch of seasons. Uh, ever since I think he was chasing Johnny Bananas around on a dock uh, on, on like, uh, what was rain. that, Invasion or, or something like that? Look. And I think that's when Johnny was like, yeah, your dad would be real proud of you. And yes. I think your dad sick or dying or something. His yes. dad had just passed. And right. then there was that horrible reunion Ooh. where like they, they made the whole like Devin Bananas Beef the center of the reunion. Right. Um, it was, uh, and he was so thirsty for, for some sort of name or, or storyline that season that it turned me, I was a Devin fan. And it made me a not Devin fan versus Johnny Bananas, which is tough. I mean, you go up against Johnny Bananas for the most part. I'm going to be a fan of that person. But uh, Devin really turned me off on, on that. Now, Devin yeah. is back. Um, yes, he is. And he's uh, he's making waves on this show. Um, what do you how do you feel about Devin Walker Mulligan? I didn't. He's got a hyphenated uh, last name. Devin is good for the show depending on what the makeup of the show is. If Bananas was on this season, I would say, please get Devin off of this show because Devin does what Josh does, where he's like, you know us, you know how we have this mm -hmm. historical beef mm -hmm. and that would, and Bananas would, it, it, I, that would just really frustrate me. And I would hate seeing Bananas probably talk to production and be like, get this guy off the show. Um, but I think Devin is good because you need somebody who is going to create drama and he will do that. Um, I think that he's luck every single time he's won anything, he's lucky. Mm -hmm. um, I think he went up against a really sad, dejected West that I think wasn't upset about going up against his friend, was more just upset that I, I thought I had friends and I don't and I keep getting sent in here and I'm, I'm the smart one. The smart one doesn't get sent in. So I think he was bummed and he left. And Devin, his histrionics jumping around after it reminded me why I don't like Devin. Mm -hmm. I, I think he's important to have on a show because right now there are no, there are no like villain types. Mm -hmm. yes. They paint him that way, but I don't really see him as a villain. He's just a guy who thinks he's smarter than everybody. Uh, Kyle is too likable to be a villain. So who's a villain? Devin Cat knows that he is there to make television yes. like Devin is a is like I know what I'm doing with reality television I know my role and yeah. he's fulfilling that where you have someone like Fessy who's like I'm just here to win which is honestly not that compelling Boring. now no. okay, so 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 the idea of of De I, I agree Devin cannot be a hero he's just too no. smarmy too sarcastic too full yeah. of himself also not really fit you know, like he, oh. he, he doesn't look like he's working for it on he's the off season. He's a smoke, you know, he just doesn't fit in so much. He feels like an outcast, but it's full of himself, which kind of creates a villain like character, but he is a complete underdog. Now this season, it's yes. hard for me not to root to see him do well. Um, you know, when the show comes back next week, because the entire house is out for him. There's a huge voting block right now yes. that is Big Brother and then whatever the cam, uh, whatever she's bringing uh, other than Big Brother, I guess the Tories and the people of that level versus Kyle and Devin, who Kyle and Devin are villains. They're both villains. So they're, villain. they're, 
they're funny. The I like them charming. both. He's charming. I like him both. But remember, he's a scumbag when it comes to ladies. You yes. know, he's just like a he. He does whatever he can. Maybe you know? he's just right waiting for the right lady. Yeah, maybe or <laughs> whoever it is. I think doesn't he always have a girlfriend he's cheating on? Like, isn't that yeah. like his thing? So okay. So like, I have a. I'd love to have him be the villain who I don't like. But unfortunately, the way this is set up, I, I'm like in my. In my brain, if I were to, if you were to be like, so uh, who on this season do you love? I'd be like, oh, I'm loving Cam. I'm loving Leroy. But then when I'm watching the show, I'm like, ooh, I hope Devin can get past this uh, block that he's, you know, can he hurt? Well, can he get underdogs. over this? Hurt? I, I think that's inherent, right? In 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 the I, I sports think, story is that is the I underdog. So, but it's like now there there's so many good competitors on this show that I view it through the lens of sports, where it's like. Not everyone's going to be the Michael Jordan who wins every year. It's just not going to happen. So he's somebody I'm fine with going far, getting close to the end, and having somebody like Corey get his skull and get him out. I want him on the show, but I don't need him in the final. I agree with that. The final is, to me, it's like the final, like you you played a really good game and you're an athlete. Mm -hmm. I think once you get to the final, you have to be good at all of the things, and Devin is not. So I want I like my finals comprised of the of all the people who were smart enough to get there but also can complete one mm. i don't think he can complete a final i i'm a hundred percent with you there um that's a great point and no he's just not athletic enough no. um so let's move on let's do it uh next up <gasps> i'm excited up, about this we've got gabby, Ga- gabby allen like, um tell me about gabby allen i i don't know her okay. she is from gabby allen is from season three of Love Island, UK, which was the best season of the show. Hands down. Um, She, however, (laughs) despite picking from the best season, like Gabby liked her totally nice lady, uh, the least interesting person in a season full of nothing but interesting people. Could not be, could not agree more. Like, I'm wondering if they like, did everyone say no from that season? Because everyone was more interesting. Even like people who didn't make it for more than a few episodes, like T- Lynn, T- I don't know. She had a weird name, Time Lexi, whatever. Like there were people on that show that were there for less time and made more happen. I mean, Theo's from that from that season. Right. Theo, Theo and, and George. And yeah, and Theo was on there for... He was on that uh, season of Love Island for like maybe two weeks or three weeks. Yeah, and then he, he came to the chat. Yeah, full bad guy came to the challenge, made a huge splash. Gabby was on the entire season. And I guess she had a lie detector drama where that she like failed a lie detector. And that was like yeah. one episode. I mean, I would love, I agree with you here, Russ. I'd love to see so many other people from that season. Give me Chris, give me Liv, give me, give me Kim. Liv never do this show. Oh my God. She would be so great on it though. She would, she would be excellent, but there's no, I'd see no world where she would do it, but like Cam or Chris or literally anybody else from that season, I would be fine with. I think maybe the one plus for her, she's like a, she's like a trainer or a fitness mm-hmm. trainer or a personal trainer, something like that. Yeah. I followed her on Instagram for a while when I started following all of them, but mm-hmm. she has since been unfollowed because she's not interesting. No offense yeah. to her, but I I hope she's actually good at stuff because I haven't really seen anything yet. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. She's cried a couple of times. I do like that she's part of this British 
girl group. I know I said it earlier, but that is probably the most exciting new friendship group I've seen. And it's really basically because I like big T and this, this live person who I'd never seen before. Mm. But if big T is smart, uh, well, one, I think Gabby may be good at stuff. I do think maybe she's like a fit person. She's trains or whatever. So she might be good at stuff. Um, I think Amber B might be good at stuff. Mm -hmm. I think Liv could play a good social game. And I know Big T does. And the prop, a group can't just be nothing but social people who have no ability to get anything done. So I think that they can, they can potentially bring, if Big T is the ringleader, she might, this might be her best chance to get far. Mm -hmm. Having all these, having all of them around her. But I agree. Yeah. Also, just like would also have loved Marcel. Just going to put that out there. (laughs) And that would have been some inherent drama because I believe he cheated on her after the show. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's right. Bring two of them. That would have been great. It would have built, it would have built in storylines. People could have been like, why are they at each other's throats? I have to go find out. And then they could go and check out the other franchise. For Marcel. Now Joseph's oh, not on our God. list because I, I did not I did not <laughs> I I eliminated everybody who could have fit in this grouping of people who had already been eliminated, which I think was just him. I mean Nicole Zamata hadn't been on the show for a while, so she would have been on the list. That's fine. We sort of know. I mean, while we're here, Joseph, really quick, how, how did you feel about AGT's own <laughs> Joseph? Well, as I looked through all the cast photos. Everybody, I've kind of rationalized why everyone was on it, and I and it, they all made sense. And then I got to AGT Joseph, and I was like, "What? That's I don't care what he did. He could have done a bunch of stupid flips or whatever. If you're on that show, you don't go on this show. And I'm not trying to be. I used to be. <laughs> I don't want the are you the oneers on there. Right. No, they have inherent value. They care about their bodies, and they're good at hooking up. This dude, this I was like, dude. this guy gives me not anything. He's not hooking up with anyone. No, I, he's the least sexual person I've ever seen. And I'm like, what did he do? Sing on that show? I'm guessing. He did. I, I, I didn't do, I didn't investigate yeah, it. Enough. He, 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 he must have had a rabid fan base yeah. of people on TikTok or something. Like, uh, yeah. what's, in it, what's in it for MTV? I mean, was there no, going to be a point I, where I they were going to find an acoustic guitar and then all of a sudden, you know, like... Uh, yeah. I was done. I mean, I was done off right off the bat, but then, you know, you're like, give them a chance. MTV, usually they don't, they get casting right a lot of times. And the minute he was napping in the first episode, I was like, get him off the show. (laughs) I agree. Um, I agree. And he, they did. Um, (laughs) Thanks. Thanks to big T. Now somebody who I was anticipating being on this show rumored to be on last season, didn't work out, uh, but is on this season is Leo rush. Uh, Leo Rush is uh, uh, is a professional wrestler, um, and also like um, not just like you know it'd be one thing if it was you know um, somebody like Miz adjacent to where it was like oh this person you knew from WWE for a while or 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 when John Morrison was on Survivor and you're like whoa John Morrison's on Survivor um, who's another wrestler who's wrestled uh, very physical athlete was like a like a like a gymnast before and also started on reality tv this guy uh, john morrison he was on tough enough which was the wwe uh, reality competition show which was fantastic we should watch for this show at some point um but leo rush is somebody who i was like at the time 
like fawning over his athletic ability and hoping that he would get good storylines on the product that I was watching. And then like gave an FU like over Twitter to the WWE, which is like unheard of when you're on television. It's one thing if you're not getting booked, this guy was a manager on TV a couple of times a week. Um, and he gave an FU and then was gone and went back to the indie wrestling for a little bit. And then, found himself on my other favorite show ever, which is the challenge. So very big uh, get for me. I hope, I hope it works out in his favor and in mine. I want to see some of Leo rush. Cause I can, I know what he can do physically. I've seen it. Go check his highlights on YouTube. Russ, how did you feel about Leo rush entering the challenge? I was pumped. Uh, Cause I, I loved him as a wrestler. I liked him as a manager as well. I also liked anybody who, as much as I love the WWE I like anybody who says fuck the WWE. Yeah. Like outright. And not when not when they have something better going on. Like he he bet on himself, having really no backup plan and said, F it, I'm at like I know I'm gonna be done anyway. And I like that as for just anyway. So I'm a fan of his forever. He was he's good. Like I think I think he'll be able what it wants the cast wheels down a little bit. I think he might be, he's one of the few people out of all these new people that they brought on that I'm like, I could see him doing this and winning. Like Mm. I could see him winning this. Mm. He's good at all of the things. I think he can play a solid social game as long as he gets past that like first third of the show where people are like, oh, rookies, 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 rookies. I was hoping he would have paired himself with a vet just to stick around a little longer because I think Gabby and I was really worried first episode and everyone was like Gabby and Leo, Gabby and Leo, Gabby and Leo. I'm like, it's really easy to do. He might be good, so get him the hell out of there. But I, I think he's gonna be good for the show. I think he could win. I think he really could win this. And if he doesn't, I think it's gonna raise his his individual stock and he'll go on and live a great life. So I'm I'm happy to see him, but I hope he he actually becomes a real member of the show, not one of the not an amber. I like his origin story. I like this whole like he, he has he's he has sort of like a punk rock mm-hmm. DIY feel to me, which I'm into. Um, is he a storyteller? Because in this photo, he's wearing a shirt from the moth. And I just don't know. Man of the hour, the moth. What is that? Is that a wrestling well, thing? Well, or no, is look, that... look, his name is in the middle of it. So yeah. I think they call, I think his, his thing was the moth at some point because he was little and he flies around the ring. Right. Is that kind of what it was? I don't remember that. And this it's might also be a... man of the hour. Abbreviated. Oh, right. Man of the hour. Abbreviated. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't, uh, I didn't know much about Leo rush. I remember hearing him cause he is punk rock and he is uh, independent because he's one of these guys. And this happens in pro wrestling every so often. And it's usually a good sign when the guy becomes kind of a main eventer and a name on the independent wrestling scene. And he, and he's 17 years old. Like that was like the Leo rush mm. story. He was like, uh, 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 blowing people's minds in the wrestling ring. And the guy what couldn't even drink yet. It was like, uh, cool. there, there are other people who are like that, who, who he sort of yeah. followed in the footsteps of like a Daniel Bryan and people like that who are bigger names. But um, he was like a legend on the on the indie circuit, and he got taken over um, into the WWE system, and actually did pretty well for himself, considering he's undersized. The WWE yeah. likes huge people. He's not huge, but 
they broke off, have a few brands, and ended up being on, uh, you know, a, a, the 205-pound weight. Smaller guys, he's still pretty small. And then here's why I think why I'm excited about Leo Rush. What he was, re- he got turned into a manager, which is basically somebody who brings another person down the ring and talks for the them. microphone. He's the guy on the mic. He knows how to build a character and he knows yeah. how to talk. It's so important in building your your stardom and and building your own star power on the challenge by being able to talk people into the seats in interviews yes. and stuff like that. And I'm hoping they allow him to put a little bit of the character, the Leo Rush character into his real persona and that he is has the ability to be able to take what he's learned in professional wrestling and talking and because there's there is connections between wrestling and the challenge. You need to be a fucking persona. Yes. CT is a fucking character. And, and, and this, I don't know if he's a, a slide. Well, he's not a later slide, but and I think that's inherently and I, I like this person, but that is the problem with Fessy. No, Fessy, yes. Yeah, Fessy sorry. <laughs> is built Fessy is built to do the challenge. He's built for it. He it's like CT put himself into that shape, but like Fessy was born to do this, but he does not have the personality for it. Like he is somebody who needs to be coached. He's somebody who needs to be managed and he, he doesn't have it on his own. Cause when you leave him to make decisions on his own, he makes poor decisions, even like telling core, t- not telling Corey when you're in his Alliance, that's a poor decision. That that is anything that if you spoke to an even Anissa, who I don't believe he thinks is his partner long term, somebody would have gotten in his ear and be like, no, no, dude, no, 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 no. Or the times where you and the Big Brother, his his raid on Big Brother was he was the most physical threat on on his season, but he was like he was manipulated by all the wrong people, and at any time he was like, I'm not going to be manipulated. He made the worst decision he could possibly make. <laughs> and he mm. ended up leaving his side of the house worse off after his HOH. Mm. Which how is that possible? He wow. just doesn't, he he needs he needs to be coached. And I think like if Leo was his partner or something, Leo would 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 have him exactly where he needed to be. Fessy is not built to just be on his own. You know, um about Fessy on Big Brother, I mean, if he how bo- he's so boring on the challenge and there's explosions everywhere. He must have been like watching paint dry. Like, can you imagine him? Did you watch him on the feeds, Russ? Like, I mean, what was he doing? No, like, I, I wasn't a, I wasn't watching I wasn't watching the feeds. He must he have been had, so boring on Big Brother. Drama circulated around him because there was one girl who was like his BFF in the house who was like actually in love with him. And then there was another girl in the house that he was also friends with but like he definitely liked back and it was the the conflict was between like these two girls both liked him and then eventually he picked one and that was like a whole thing so the drama happened around him but it fessy and then there was this uh this uh what was his name uh then there was another dude uh who would basically use him like uh would basically make would just feed him the wrong information and make him do stuff. So Fessy was like this person who story happened around, but he was never the engine. He was just a useful tool because he could win competitions. And so yes. people needed him on their side of the house. Yeah. But then when you left him to his own devices, he just made the absolute worst decisions possible. And I'm already seeing it in this season. And it's like, dude, 
you can't just win the challenge by beating by winning every challenge. That's not how you win the show. Right. And I think he thinks, well, I'm just going to win everything. And that's, you won't, you'll move. No, doesn't work that way. You know, when we were talking about Leo being sort of punk rock, I was thinking uh, the reason why I gasped when you brought up Fessy is because I feel like MTV in recent history has a tendency to sort of bring on sort of like these company men type characters like Fessy is one Casey people who kind of just serve the franchise as like um, you know this is our role and we fall into it and there's just sort of like almost like punching in the clock type feel to it and there's something about Leo's sort of like his or his punk origins and that that the thing that you guys are talking about this making a name for himself on the the, the um, independent circuit that feels like exciting and sort yeah. of yeah it reminds me that like you know you can have people on this show that aren't just like cookie cutter reality this is a job and I'm doing yeah. it and I'm clocking in you know because that is really the feeling and I do love Fessy and Casey I, I like them as additions but even Josh has sort of a company man type feeling yeah. to him it, it's that know? big brother alliance they they it, it's Viacom like all these people have been yes. in the Viacom ecosystem for years now so they know exactly what to say, exactly what to do. It's it's a very safe choice picking yeah. anybody from any of those shows. Mm-hmm. But Leo Rupp, like he's the most unsafe choice because he's a dude who wrestles and is tiny and said f you to the biggest company in wrestling. Right. So, I can't wait to see what he does. Yeah, that's very exciting. And I'm excited, and I really hope it pays off. Now, uh, a fantastic wow. addition, in my opinion, to this franchise is Lolo Jones. Uh, I know Lolo um, from Champs versus Stars, mm-hmm. or was it the Pros versus Champs versus Pros? Because she's a pro yeah, athlete. Yeah. Right. So um, I thought she in in the limited scope that that show has and and um, the fact that it's hard to manufacture real drama in the champs versus pros universe. I mean, they, they have since stopped doing this little spinoff, which I, I enjoyed as like a kind of a mid season replacement or a, a summer replacement. I enjoyed it. Um, so it's interesting to me that they, I was always hoping that they would bring her onto the show. Um, and also um, who was the other person that we, uh, Louise Hazel yeah. was on okay. that season as Louise well. And she had buddied up with Wes on that show and she became like a real strategist and she was also another pro athlete. So um, I wanted them to integrate some of these people. T.O., I would like to roll home to be on the show. He didn't like to be there, but yeah. it was fun for CT. But Lolo was great because Lolo brings drama. Lolo has some emotional issues she needs to work out on television, and I can't wait for it. So happy that she's here. So happy that in the first episode, there's already the only sparks flying in the house is between her and her partner who will get to. But I love that it's not just about competing with Lolo. As a matter of fact, she's competed the shit out of every challenge and no one even talks about it yet. It's not even a storyline. The only storyline is kind of like the drama she's bringing in a way. And I, uh, me and Ashley have watched Champs vs. Pros, but we did not watch the celebrity big brother she was on. Did you, Russ? No, I didn't. I did. I heard she was a mess on that. And I need to go back and watch it. Uh, Lolo Jones, Russ, what are your feelings? What an A-plus casting choice. She does all the, she, she does all the things. She brings drama. She's good at stuff. Uh, I'm concerned for her a little bit in a, in a good way. Yeah. And she's also just, she's like in her mid to late 
30s. And it's nice to see that we can still be a little bit crazy too. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, but Especially no, I mean, if we're virgins. Yes. I, I think she's awesome. And as a former high school track and field coach, my kids love this girl. Ooh. So yeah, she's she's popular amongst the high school hurdling sect in case you're wondering. I love that. So I, I already kind of have no knew her before champs versus pros and stuff like that. I just think she's she's great. I, I love that she is she understands what the show needs and is delivering it. Yeah. And and and, and doing mm-hmm. that from kind of Ashley, as you mentioned before, not from a company man, company woman standpoint. Like she's an outsider brought in and she's doing a really good job. And I think MTV would would be great, would greatly served to like kind of take more of these gambles on these like outside interesting athlete types who have personalities. Mm-hmm. Because if the show is basically a sport now, uh, you have to be good enough at the sport to be there, but you also, we can't lose the drama. So we need those people. So, you know, it's interesting that you say the um, athletes that have big personalities, you're a hundred percent right. Um, you know, I love that they finally broke down and put just the, the, per, the way this person is known is because she is an athlete and they brought yeah. her onto the show because she has a personality. You know, this, uh, we're talking a lot about uh, wrestling or I am at least in this. Um, There's a lot of similarities. They do this in pro wrestling when somebody is a big fan of pro wrestling and happens to be an athlete, they will bring them in for a little bit, yeah. teach them how to wrestle behind the scenes, get them involved. You know, it's usually like they're in the crowd. They kind of have a tussle with uh, one of yep. the, the villains of the show and then all of a sudden they build this weird big pay-per-view around it uh lawrence taylor and uh, uh yep. wrestlemania what was yeah. it 11 or something like that or 12 um versus bam bam bigelow which was maybe the best uh, version of this it could also go very left when you have you know uh you know uh rodman i guess so he was kind of fun but he was not a great wrestler but dennis rodman like did this whether in the big show whatever right like, you know like this is a thing that they do this and, is the yeah. thing they do, and they're still doing it. Um, I forgot the dude's name, but uh, I don't know if you're. Are you watching NXT right now, uh, Russ? No, I'm not. But are you aware of what's going on over there? Uh, Adam Cole is. Uh, oh, Pat McAfee. With the, Pat the, McAfee. I, I watched that guy on YouTube. Right. So Pat McAfee. By the way, is Pat McAfee the show the the um his sports show on YouTube? Yes. Is he really alt, is he alt right or something? I don't know. I don't watch NXT really. I only watched a I couple of the shows, know, but. but... <laughs> I was nervous to watch it for a while because I felt like he could be. You saw uh, here's how he's bad a guy the world yelling is. on the internet and he's white. A white, that a blonde is. white guy yelling on the internet, and then in his avatar for his YouTube channel is an American flag behind him. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, the world that we live in, that that is a trigger for me. And I feel like it's not gonna be what I'm looking for. But I like him on the mic on NXT. I yeah. kind of caught up a little bit the past week because I was interested in this. But he's very good at wrestling. He's good. He's, he's got great. He's got the skills to be on WWE. Lolo Jones has the skills to be on real, competition reality, specifically yes. the challenge. And I think they should do more with professional athletes. Doesn't matter their age. They do it on Survivor all the time. They'll bring somebody yeah. on for a season. So this is a, that's a great point I hadn't even thought of. We want more athletes with some personality on there. Yes. Yeah. Hundred like, percent. Give me, give me. Like, I like the the UK people bring drama because they don't care about anything. They'll hook up with anyone and do it, and like that's fun. Um, and then they eventually get good at the show, and then we have some of these because I I think MTV. It seems like they've gotten away from having nobody on their network older than 
younger than, uh, or old, sorry, older than like 25. So if you're getting away from that, then the challenge, and they're doing it to a certain extent, really has to get away from that too. Because I started watching that show 20 years ago and I'm still watching it. Yeah. So get, get some more of these older people who maybe are, are past their prime as an athlete, but perfect for some stuff like the challenge because they're not doing anything that some of these athletes can't do. Like she inherently was good. Theo was inherently good mm -hmm. because he is an athlete with mm -hmm. a personality. They are getting away from the MTV is getting away from the Pauly D and the situation are like 55 years old. I mean, they're on <laughs> well, every, every MTV day. is smart and they're aging with their audience. They should. And I'm glad I'm, I'm very for it. Um, Lolo Jones. I can't wait. I mean, we haven't even been able to see uh, anybody reacting to the fact that she and her partner who is uh, up next is a comp are the biggest threats on this show. We yeah. saw Devin mention it a little bit. Like De Devin and Kyle talked about it for like half a second. So, I mean, let's move on here. Namvo. Wow. Okay, guys, I know you're on, you're not on YouTube with us, so you may be just listening, but we're watching, we're looking at a, a literal Greek God. Yeah. Um, not literal, figurative Greek God. Chiseled, huge, uh, beast master uh, he came from. Ultimate beast master. Ultimate, yeah. he's an ultimate beast master. Okay, Russ, your Couldn't feelings. Tell you what the show. Yeah, I think uh, it was um, it was like a Ninja Warrior, but it was just a Netflix only version of it, I, I believe. Uh, there's a lot of people on the internet making fun of this guy because he doesn't talk a lot or whatever, and that and that's I find. I, listen, stop. He's like he's kind of like Turbo. He's only like nice and seems to be hinged well. Like I don't think he's a crazy person, which I right. appreciate. I think he's, he's wonderful and sweet. He's jacked out of his mind. And he wasn't always. I looked at some before he was jacked photos. He just decided to do this one day. He was like a regular, super regular looking dude. And then he said, what if I got real big? And he is huge. He's and so, it's, and it's like he's scary, scary. He's like, I'm almost a little bit concerned. Like, I don't think he has enough body fat. Like, I'm worried about him. How he must be in this photo we're looking at, he must have taken those water pills to, to yeah, dehydrate but, himself. He's so cut. How did the the men on the show and the women on the show allow Lolo and Nam to become partners? How did that happen? Like, I don't, I really don't understand how that happened. Um, now, where they're thinking, oh, well, you know, they'll, they'll be physical threats, but they're, they're dumb or whatever. It's like, well, you don't, one, you don't know that on the show, and you're actually all dumb. Uh, and, and two, I just, those two people, even if they're not the smartest people in the house, most of the competitions, or at least the main challenges are physical. They're going to beat you in anything. Yeah. How, how many, how many eliminations in the crater have we seen that had any puzzle so far in the right. first three? None. You're, uh, they, they would have been just Nam and Nam and Lolo would have destroyed anybody who they, they were up against. I feel like the, the elimination puzzle ratio is probably like one puzzle to, to three physical. So I'll, I would take those odds if I were these guys and Lolo or not. We don't know what, I don't know their, I don't know their puzzle game. But it's probably people are either there's a few people who are really good, there's a few people who are really bad, and the most are just kind of average as it relates to puzzles. They talk a big game about puzzles, but most people are average. So they're at, let's say they're average puzzle people and significantly above average athletes, they can win this show. 
Mm-hmm. You guys are stupid for letting that happen. I would have, I would have never, even if I had my own partner, I would have been like, no, 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 that somebody get in there. Like we cannot have that. Like, no, they're yeah. going it's, it's too easy for them to win. Would you want to go into elimination with Nam doing anything? God, no, no, no. He's a beast. He's an ultimate, he's an beast, ultimate master. beast master. And Lolo, I wouldn't want to, I, Lolo has the kind of energy that I don't want to fuck with. No, at all. <laughs> no, I, she, she, I don't she, even want to joke around with I her. Know, I know, <laughs> no, I like, I, I don't, I'm nervous that I even just said that. <laughs> Um, would not touch her. I'm yeah. very excited to see the two of them just uh, trounce upon a team at some point. Because, I just don't think there's any way they're not making it to the final. Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, yeah, there could be a way if somebody infiltrates a team, or if people never let them get into the ring. Right. Maybe that's a strategy. That that, is, that could be a strategy as well. I mean, there's a lot of uh, moving parts on this. It, it is going to be interesting to see how far they get, and I, I hope they get pretty far. Um, next up. Natalie Anderson, uh, another person who's not in their 20s. Uh, Natalie Anderson is my age. She's uh, oh. 34 years old. Um, and uh, she um, is a winner of uh, Big Brother no. se- uh, Survivor. Of, uh, Survivor Season 29, which is uh, Blood versus Water. She uh, was a runner up on the 40th season, spending all of her time on uh, Extinction Island or whatever it's called. Um, And I didn't even realize this. Her and her twin sister had already competed before Survivor on The Amazing Race twice. Uh, They they did not win. Um, But uh, now she's on the challenge and she's a physical specimen and uh, also an incredible, like like a CrossFit champion, let's just say. She's, and also has a personality. Yeah, she's fun to watch. Uh, what do you think about Natalie Anderson, Ross? Never saw her on Survivor, but as soon, but I knew of her. Her legend preceded her. Um, but just watching her in these first handful of episodes, it's hard not to root for her. Like she's just awesome. She's. Good. I like people who are good at. Like I like people who are good at stuff, art, create, and like, are just not seem like good, good people. Like she's a good person who's good at stuff and isn't gonna take shit. Like that's a great combination. And I like when she yelled at Joseph, like, "What are you t- like, stop, stop, child person thing." Uh, I like her a lot. I think I actually think her and Corey, despite like him being like, I don't, she's not, he's not dumb. But I don't know if her, I, I think they actually work well together because I think he's connected enough to enough people and nobody's going to mess with her. So they have a really good shot. I think that he might even have a, she might have a better shot with Corey than she had with Wes. Absolutely. I agree. I think the target on Wes's back was just too big. And you know what? She, you're, you're absolutely right. She does. I think this last kind of trade up of partners that uh, was forced by Devin um, couldn't have worked out better for Natalie or for Corey. I think that that is a step up for the both of them. And yes, Corey's not dumb, but he doesn't have the the strategic mind uh, at, to position himself perfectly for the finals that he always gets into. I mean, the guy gets yeah. into the finals. Yeah, he makes it the finals. He just it does. It's always a struggle at a point for him, and and it's it's hard to watch him get in there. I, I do. We like Corey in this household. Mm-hmm. I know that he can be a polarizing. I, I think. grew to like him. Yes, absolutely. I watched his real world season, and I was like, this is a bad. 
guy. Right. Oh, really? An expression yet. He was a fuck boy in that series. As I've well, always yeah. loved him, but I didn't watch his he, real Well, world. listen, when, when he had his, his child, I think uh, he softened a whole bunch. I loved him because he was, the first time I saw him was on Bloodlines, and I loved his cousin, Mitch. I thought they okay. had a good <laughs> the, 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 dynamic. The odd couple that was Mitch and Corey. Incredible. Like, they were re- they were really likable together. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I think Corey and Natalie work really well together, and I think, like, Natalie, I mean, she sh- I think she should be pumped, because now she's got her skull, and like now she can kind of sit back with a with a person who's connected to enough people on this season that he's only going to go in if they win and he wants to. Mm-hmm. Like I think he's in a good spot. And True. you know what um it even I think bodes even better for uh, her character on this show. Hopefully she continues to be on yep. the show that she was with Wes, understood why Wes is a good partner. And when Wes became a huge target immediately had the chance to trade up and didn't, mm-hmm. which I yep. think positions her as a loyal person yep. um, and uh, just makes her more likable on the, on yep. the series. So she didn't have to make the move that she might have made. Like she didn't have to do it. It happened. It ha- It worked itself out. Like, and you, it's part of the show is kind of understanding that luck is going to bounce one way or another. It's what you do with it. And I feel like it's the dumb, it's the, it's those really good players who can kind of pivot and make moves. And I think being in other reality universes like Survivor uh, is going to position her to, for, for the long haul. There's, mm-hmm. there's no, no one is coming for her skull. Are you kidding me? Right. You Agreed. would be real dumb to do that. Well, until somebody has to, which I think is what makes the ends of these shows a lot more exciting. Um, Okay, so moving on here, uh, we have Olivia Liv Jawando. Um, What do we know? Shipwreck. About, uh, do you, have you seen Shipwreck? No, but I might, I might start because. What is it? What is it? I'm assuming it's, it's like a UK style survivor that's not as crazy right it's more I, sexy than uh than, yeah, than stinky like, ooh, yeah I, I think it's <laughs> like ooh, our boat broke down right I, I don't think it's as serious as survivor survivor but uh she made me laugh last week i like her but she made me laugh last week when she was saying that tori wasn't even that tough right but, I'm like, but you're the one with like a maybe broken arm right <laughs> so she hard. she she made easy work of you and broke your arm. On, in the- <laughs> it's hard to that tough. I'm like, well, I don't know about that. Both of your arms to break and only one did because I don't understand what you mean. But I like her. I don't know why, but I immediately liked her the first episode. I ex- I expected not to like her because she was coming from a franchise I had never heard of or watched, and so I was kind of like whatever and then I don't know why I just was like charmed in her interviews even and I will say it took me a a minute to warm up to Big T I wasn't immediately like one of those people that was like oh I love Big T so much and Big T was also from the same franchise that I had never heard of so I assumed based on the fact that they both had this past this unknown past to me that I would have sort of the same reaction to her but I didn't I liked her immediately I don't know why I need someone to figure it out yeah no I I like her I like her a lot i i just i mean i she made me laugh with that one comment but i i like her i think that and i am similar to you i do like that little i like that little crew i need them to actually make make a game move soon yeah i want them to flex their power because they have power in numbers here and so i would like to see them and i i can't really remember off the top of my head who everyone is 10th is attached to but i'm sure there's 
one or two dudes between the four of them that really don't have a, a strong connection somewhere. So it's like four people is a lot, uh, is, a, is a pretty solid voting block or influence block. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to see them actually use it. Like I know they're all, they're all down for each other, but you, you got to make a move. And I hope that that happens soon. But I like her. I do too. I'm excited to see what happens uh, with her team. It's uh, who is it? Liv and who? Oh, Michi. Michi. Oh, right. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard, guys. Okay, let's move on. Uh, okay, Teresa Jones, uh, a legacy, a legend on this here series. Um, probably uh, not. I, what, what I find interesting is they didn't give her any profile on the series no to flashbacks. let to let us know neither did they, they didn't do it with Darrell either no. uh, but I think Darrell's uh, reputation precedes him because he's uh, one of the first big champions on this show yeah. and also he's a guy and guys end up getting more of a profile on on the challenge than the women do at least historically Teresa on probably as many challenges as Darrell um did, I don't know if she's a champion she may have won once I'm not too sure I should probably have those stats like a team one or a multi-person. I don't think she ever won, but she was, she was good. I remember her having, she had beef with Nani a couple of times. Yes. I think they were friends and now they're not, or they weren't. And then they were, I don't know. They beefed and, and I, is it Pete? Didn't she date Leroy one season? I think they put them on an X's because they did. I think they like maybe they hooked up once and they really right. wanted Leroy and they really wanted Teresa. So they were like, right. okay, you hooked but up. I, if no chat. Is- we don't get anything. No, no backstory like that. Like we don't even get like oh. Cam's so good at interviews just to feed Cam that. And then for her to just give us a sound bite to look out for, right. like, well, she better, you know, like stay away from Leroy because he's taken at this point, you know, and even I'm though she's married to like a, she's game. married to like a football player. So like okay. um, something like that, a pro athlete, I don't know who it is. But, um, you know, so I, I guess there is, there isn't, you know, maybe it doesn't make any sense or maybe they thought that was corny or cheesy, but give us something, a highlight reel, a highlight package. Mm-hmm. I want to know who sh- I need to remember. The last time I see you, you can even get Corey doing it because Corey knows these players. He watched the show before he was on it. Like he did with Jarrell when he took him out in that first episode, yeah. he could say, man, I haven't seen Teresa since. And then they could like go through a couple of fun clips. Or let Anissa be the person Anissa through interviews, take us through why she's important to this show's history um i just think they dropped the ball a bit with they her. did and i ended up asking myself like why is she here like i don't because she's been gone for like she's missed like the from the, the, the total madness war war era uh then the trilogy before that which was it ended in dirty 30 or whatever that stuff was mm-hmm. she hasn't been around in what 10 seasons maybe yeah not more. so that i feel like once you're gone for that long i need to know why you're back because you don't need to be here you don't have kids you need to support like a lot of people who come back so what are you here for like yes. are you trying to get the one win that you never got like what is your motivation what's that's the story? a great point because they did that with brad when they brought him back yeah. for whatever invasion like or vendettas yeah, he was like, I'm coming back. I've been through a lot. Now I'm like, I'm here to win. And and it's like, just give us, yeah, a one interview from her explaining her motivation. And we, if we would have had Brad, we would have at least known, uh, we would have at least gotten the clip, hopefully, of Darrell just pummeling Brad in oh, the last yeah. challenge he was ever involved in until they brought him back and he got unceremoniously eliminated by Corey. But he... Yep. 
I mean, he's a boxer. Um, Drunk Brad tried to incite uh, 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 the legend Darrell to get him kicked off the show, and it worked. Uh, but I don't know if he was willing like, to give up his face. <laughs> he handed God, his face over. I never over. need to see that clip ever again. The best is when they show Brad's face, like in the interviews from like the next day. He's like a comic book if you wanted to show like a soul and boxer's face. <laughs> um, I mean, just beat the hell out of them. Um, anyway, yes, Teresa, I, I remember it liking, she was kind of a shit talker, you know? She had yeah. a lot of attitude and she's so serious on this. Mm -hmm. She yeah. looks like she is compensating for the fact that she doesn't know anybody by being like super serious. Like the only clip we've gotten from her on like the show that wasn't like an interview has been when like they're all doing that like fake deliberation before yeah. they all make, and she's like, all right, guys, wrap it up. Like it's time to vote. She's like the mom is there who's just like, come on, guys, can we yeah. wrap this up? And then that was it. And it was like, what is Teresa here to do? Who's Teresa's partner? Is it crickets? Michi? Is it <laughs> guys? Who is Teresa's partner? Nick, bust I, out your phone. I can't. Uh, I can't uh, pause because uh, I don't, my our phones are gone. Um, I'll get this. Uh, da, da, da. It is. Teresa is with. Wow. Sorry, guys, who are listening to the pod. We are looking this up. Um, Jay. 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 Sweet, sweet Jay. Um, now, Jay. Jay is excited to be Teresa's partner because yes, Jay is a is. fan of the challenge, and I loved that. And he said her husband's a football player. Yeah. But like, um, the most we know about Teresa is what Jay said. And it's that like, is true. That's not good. We it's need good. people like I need to know why you're there. Jay's just excited because Jay's a super fan and right. he gets to be partnered with you. But I know why Jay's happy. Teresa, why are you here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, you don't like maybe, maybe her her football player husband like better. You you can't go. I I just give me something. Give yeah. Me something. Give me a storyline. And you can make a storyline out of your personal motivation. That's all. Just say why. Absolutely. I agree. Um, okay. So that was all the people who are like relatively new this season. Is there anyone from that we haven't talked about that's like really sticking out that you have, you know, you want to say something about? Like who's, or, ga whose games are you excited about yeah. uh, from, from, from maybe the returning players? Um, uh, I, we, we kind of did just mention, uh, Jay, I'm excited to see him back because I think I think that he proved that he he's not the layup people think he is last mm -hmm. season. So I I'm excited and, and it also looks like they've got a, a handful of smaller guys on the season. So I'm happy to see him in a situation where he could potentially be matched against people who make make more sense. It looks like he's going to get a little bit of storyline in this next episode, which I'm excited for. Um, who else am I excited about? I'm excited. I know you guys like Josh because I think you actually do. Uh, <laughs> I love Josh. He's got so much. He doesn't have any quit in him. Okay, but so you, I mean, we like Josh because we like the buffoonery. I mean, a and guy. He's got a big heart. He's got his sound bites. He cries so much. He's kind of a baby. Uh, he's got, he, he throws tantrums like a toddler. Um, I mean, all that, you know, because I, I think people will be like, well, why do you like this person? Because I'm a reality TV fan. I understand how important a baby is 
to reality TV. It's funny. He makes me laugh. And it's moved in to a thing where, like, look at this fool. We're laughing at this guy. To a, like, aw, Josh, I miss Josh, you know? I love him. And his dumb ways. I messed up. I went and watched. He's the reason I actually started watching Big Brother over the summer. I was like, well, you know what? Let me find out the origin story on Josh. So I watched his season because I just couldn't fathom how he won. How could this man... Right. Absolutely. I asked it. We've, um, Ashley and I crushed a whole shitload of Big Brother, and maybe we could get on a separate uh, podcast and we could talk, talk, uh, because you're a latecomer to Big Brother as well as we are. So I would love to pick your your brain just in big brother terms. Um, But we've already, I mean, we're so knee deep in the challenge right now. So we'll stick with challenge, but you're right. I have the same question. Now I got that question sort of answered for me by sort of seeing clips and and through Ashley looking, but what did you find when you actually watched the show? Uh, One, he was, he's actually dialed down on the challenge. What we see on the challenge is, is like 75% Josh. Incredible. We have to watch this season. You're missing 25%. And it is, it is almost it is like almost unwatchably obnoxious here. Yeah. But because and and every single one of his uh diary rooms was full on yelling, full, full screaming directly at the camera, and like saying, like your boy, like, like um, oh, it was awful. But he only won. He didn't win. Another guy lost. Yeah. Wow. And who who was he up against in that? Paul. So Paul is like they they see. I don't know, but I know that Paul's is like a strategic like evil master, right? Who kind of manipulated and double crossed. And he got Christmas to do all his bidding, right? Is that uh, that's that's what I've. Yeah, Josh and both actually Josh and. Paul were using Christmas to do their dirty work and she did it. And then Josh, the only time he needed to win something was in the end. And he did. And he cut Christmas because he thought he'd have a better chance of beating Paul. And Paul made so many people angry by his double dealing, which was really just good gameplay. Right. That I think there were just burnt people that were like, you know what, F it. I'd rather give Josh a million dollars than you win. So Paul played a better game. And I heard that Josh in his exit interviews kind of explained what was going on to everybody in a way that made the jury like him more because he was yeah, like, he would, he would say what exact why it happened. And and I that was the first time I'd watched Big Brother and I haven't really seen a lot of other people do that as much. But yeah, he would say, oh, yeah, there's a this many alliance and this people and Paul said to do this. So this is why we like he and he, he was like, I love Paul. I love Paul. I love Paul. But every opportunity he took to be a little sneaky, he, he took it. But oh, it's interesting. Yes, that's how he won, and does seem like to me to be a a snaky way to win the game. But from w- watching, I've now watched you know four or five seasons over this past year, um, and I'm realizing that that is the game. It, yes. Because it's you get so many more. It seems like I don't know why, but it's just you get a lot more bitter jury members who vote on who they like rather than who they think should win the game right um in big brother than you do at least there's been double the amount of seasons of survivor so the same deal happens you have to kind of vote at the end with this jury has to vote and it seems like they seem to give it up for for better gameplay a little bit more 
than Big Brother. Something happens in the house. You get close to people in a house where you really feel burnt by them and then eventually don't want to give somebody who out-strategized you uh, the win. And I do, I saw, we had just watched season 14, which was the season that Ian, Ian. wins initially. Yes. And Ian is in there with the legend, Dan, who won season 10 with a unanimous vote. Dan does this Josh thing. Every time he eliminates, he double crosses everybody. And every time he eliminates somebody, he very nicely tells them why they had to go, but why he does a compliment sandwich, why it was important to eliminate you because I just couldn't beat you. And here's the thing. So there is that going into Josh's season. There was a precedent there. And I guess Josh just maybe understood how to do that. But Dan is a more likable character than Josh is because yes. Josh is physically imposing. He's also kind of a whiny baby. You know, there's nothing that happens with Dan and, that would make you dislike him by hanging out with him. Really. He's just quiet. And, and, He's a Bible beater, but whatever, you know, and, and Josh's conflict style, like you're, you're a bit, you're like this big baby, but your conflict style is like straight out of like a middle school girl's playbook. Yes. It's like you're gonna be a mean girl to anybody and like be nasty and, and like and and talk all the shit in the world and then somebody does it back to you and you cry. Like you yeah. can't I, I if he was able to take what he dished out, I would actually like him. Yeah. But he his can't. maturity level is very low. Oh, it, it is it, <laughs> and he is a millionaire. Yeah, and he's a millionaire. So, no, what, what do He'll I never win the challenge. No. no. So I'm saying that right now. He, um, like he's turned half that house into bitter jurors, as it were. Like they, I, I can't see a world where they would say, okay. And Nani and him, like, I don't see how that's an upgrade for, I don't see how Kyle, how Josh is an upgrade for Kyle. I get it that, not, I know Nani is very personality driven and she has to like you to work with you, but Nani, you're with Josh. Who's how, how good, Ashley and I were talking about this. How good would Nani be on Big Brother? She's built for it. <laughs> she is Big Brother. I can't wait till they, they need to start flipping it on the other yeah. side. I need some challenge people on Big Brother. It was rumored that Bananas was going to be on a celebrity Big Brother for a long time. Fuck celebrity Big Brother. Just put him on the regular Big Brother because I want to see how these people will fare in a house like this. And I think Nani, who all she does is kind of lay around, smoke cigarettes and shit talk, would be fantastic on a game like Big Brother. There's some oh, people yeah. who need to flip over. Well, listen, Russ, this has been incredible. We love your takes on everything. We're so happy that you are as big as a fan as we are and that we can lean on you to hear your opinions on everything. Um, uh, for those that don't know, Russ and I used to uh, used to be uh, do a show once a month at a the longest running show at the Creek in the Cave. And it, and it will stay that way because the yep. Creek in the Cave unfortunately folded in the goddamn pandemic. And maybe it'll be back in some other form, but unfortunately our venue is no longer. Uh, not that we could go there at this point in time, but um, Russ, I hope to be able to perform with you again in oh, New York City. Too. And I'm sure that we will be able to eventually. But until then, I'd love to have you come on our podcast again, maybe mid-season to do kind of a sure. mid-season recap and we could see how you feel sure. uh, with some of these storylines play out. I also feel like we could do a whole episode just about Cam's game, which we did not even get into, but it feels like right. we all have a lot to say about it. Um, I, have, I have questions and answers. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, we have to trade notes on Big 
brother, because I'm curious on the seasons that you watched and uh, we can recommend. Have you, did you crush them all? Where did you? No, no, no. I, I got nervous for myself at the clip that I was consuming big brother. So I took a long break. I watched 18, I watched 19, 20, 21. I believe we're on 22 was this current yes. one. Okay. So I watched 19, 20, 21, 22. And then I doubled back on 16 and was going to do 17 and 18 and then start at the bottom. But that I realized the pandemic isn't going anywhere. So right. you got to watch, sorry, Nick, to interrupt, but you have to watch two. That's my favorite season. Okay. Then you have to watch 10 Keisha's birthday which is iconic, an iconic okay. episode, Keisha's birthday. And then you have to watch the one we just watched. Which was 14. 14. So, 14. 10, and 10, honestly, yeah, because we've watched a lot. Pre you actually have the opposite knowledge that we have because I went back and we started watching. So we watched two, we watched uh, 10, we watched 14, we watched, se I watched seven on my own, which was the first All-Stars um because that was uh, we watched all the janelle seasons except okay. for her original season which was season six which is the janelle and caser season but um yeah oh i'd love to compare notes with big brother on crushing it over the pandemic uh russ you're a fantastic guest thank you so much for Thanks, being Jeff. there for us you're a no great problem. friend um we're gonna close our podcast out now so i guess uh folks uh there was no challenge this week so uh luckily you got to uh have a great conversation with us here and listen to that um but next week we will be back with a challenge recap and as always mondays we drop our normal episode and uh yesterday or the day before we dropped our second patreon of the month which is over on patreon.com forward slash reality blows so uh thank you all for listening we love you and good night bye